Bradley Manning does not exist. I just don't believe it. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, March 6, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 284. This is No Agenda. Coming to you live from Curry's Corner here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And sitting on the hill here in northern Silicon Valley where it's drizzling, sprinkling. I don't know what it's doing, but I don't like it. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. And in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you. In and the in the morning to all ships at sea. And the boots on the ground. And all those other folks who and are... All those uh, other things that you like to go on about. Well, I didn't do it last time. Hey, everyone yeah. in the chat room, uh, good, uh, good, good. In the morning to you. Uh, everyone who is charged up and ready to go. Fine human resources worth $9.1 million. Exactly the way the government loves you at noagendastream.com. We do it live Thursday and Sunday mornings. Early morning service. So you told me off the air that Bieber has stolen the ITM uh, meme. It's not necessarily Bieber. It's a Bieber thing. It's like teenagers. It's like in teenage memory. I don't know. Something weird. ITM? Yeah, we had that ITM hashtag, and all of a sudden, it's like trending. We were trending. I'm like, oh, we're trending. And then it turns out that it's like some Bieber thing. So somebody ripped off the ITM hashtag, and yeah. now they take they and yeah. they're using it as their own. They've co-opted it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know that's probably uh, probably the CIA. I'm like, hey, these guys are getting too popular. <laughs> <CIA>. Quick. <laughs> let, let, yeah, that's what it is. Get your kids it's to the hijack CIA. it. CIA. Yeah, they're all over us. <laughs> they are all over us, dude. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, I noticed something really interesting. In the discourse of the disinformation of the mainstream media, we suddenly, somewhere between, it's kind of started around uh, Thursday's show when I started noticing it, we've moved from the um, uprising in Libya to rebels in Libya. This is new. Now all you hear about is rebels. Rebel this, rebel forces. I mean, this is not the same as Egypt or Tunisia. This is something new. I'm sorry. What, you weren't paying attention to what I just said? Well, I was, kind of, but then I realized that I wasn't. Have you ever done that, by the way? Not during the show. (laughs) Bull crap. (laughs) Not during the... I'll repeat it then for those of you who missed it. Damn. The mainstream media has gone from reporting on the uprising in Libya to rebels and rebel forces. And this is a dramatic shift. I'm fi- slightly annoyed that I didn't pick up on this. Uh, this, I think, is what's bothering me. Well, it's it's huge now. Now it's it, and th- so the, and now, of course, they're going from rebel forces to possible civil war. Yeah, well, the civil war meme they started up pretty early on, uh, but I, the one I'm getting a kick out of is the fact that now Odafi, Odafi, that's his no Odafi, his new name. I like Odafi. Odafi, it's Odafi has decided to. He's fighting back and maybe maybe winning. No, no, wait. There's evidence of it. I mean, I mean, it's almost as though the guy could. You know, unless we do something and we're not going to do any, anything except saber rattle. And I think but it, it's almost <laughs> as though somebody set this whole thing up behind the scenes. No, like, no. As a way to embarrass <laughs> Obama because he couldn't commit. Then he committed. Then he says, you got to get out. And then no. all of a sudden. There's gambling going on over there? No. I'm, I'm no. telling you, this whole thing is like twisted. Well, in- well, but of course, the mainstream media has to call it differently because um, we have not seen 
um, uprising and angry slaves in Tunisia and Egypt with RPGs. <laughs> These guys, they're armed to the hilt. They've got rocket-propelled grenades. Like, yeah. okay, so yeah, so what is going on? The jackals are in, of course. Of course. And and I saw this uh, phenomenal article, which just made me laugh. I'm like, oh, you guys, wh- whoever wrote this should really be uh, uh, listening to this show. Let me see if I can find out uh, who wrote it. The question was, why is this not happening in Syria? <laughs> because they've got no oil in Syria, you doofuses. Yeah, no, there's no oil in Syria. It's a known fact. And the Syrians have always... I was sitting next to a a, a rich uh, Arab once on a first-class flight, and he was loaded. I mean, this guy was just wearing his money. Uh-huh. And out of the blue, in fact, I talked to some people in the Middle East about this later, this experience, and they said, wow, this guy must have really trusted you to even say this. But the guy says to me, he says, ah, the Syrians, they got nothing. They're, it's a poor, dirt poor country, and they're... they're behind all the terrorism in the world they're either part of it or they got something to do with it uh, you know this is pre uh, al-qaeda mm. and he says uh, he says they have to do that they're kind of like a bunch of thugs and the only way they can stay as a stay together as a country is that they have to they basically pull you know they're they're extortionists and they say we're not going to do anything just give us money give it so they just essentially extort the entire arab region mm. and that's how they stay in business because they got nothing they got no the land is poor there's no oil they got it's just a dirt poor Hellhole. Well, they've got taco filling. Well, there you go. <laughs> they could certainly sell some of that sand to Taco Bell. That would be uh, uh, that, silicon that would, dioxide, my I'm friend. I'm sorry, silicon dioxide. Yeah, but it's uh, it's like it's so obvious. Once again, I mean, it's uber uber obvious what's what's happening here. And uh, so, yeah, saber rattling, whatever you want to call it. But it's so apparent that we're going to go in. And now there's multiple false flag events. Uh, I told you about the Dutch helicopter. Uh, they captured the crew and they're holding them hostage. Yeah, that, that was a good one. Yeah, well, well, um, I have now what? Now this was a marine helicopter from the Dutch Marines, and I know a lot of these guys, and they've been saying, "Dude, this is so messed up." And now it's like, you know, and now they've released some audio tapes of the helicopter talking to uh, air traffic control in Malta. Uh, you know, all kinds of disinfo, confusing the helicopter. The helicopter crew was confused. You know, oh, we have to go to Libya? Like, they hadn't been there. You know, it's just complete disinformation. And we have the sa- exact same template being applied in Gitmo Nation, East United Kingdom, where an, uh, a special uh, air services, SAS unit, has been captured. Uh, of course, uh, the U.K. sent uh, consultants. <laughs> I love it when they've got the consultants going. Military advisors and consult- consultants uh uh, going over to Libya to help uh, advise the uh, the the protesters. Uh, you mean the rebels? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know what to call it now. And and these these guys, they got 50 millimeter guns. They've got anti aircraft weapons. I mean, this is it's clearly they've got the the jackals in there. They're taking over. I, you know, Gaddafi didn't Odafi didn't play uh, play ball, and uh, he's out. He's they, they're gonna get him out. And, and everyone's going to move. The, all the ships are ready. All the ships are at sea. We're going to move in. And I think the only thing that that uh, is questionable is how do we uh, get out of Afghanistan as quickly as possible to be or uh, to be able to move our troops from Afghanistan to Libya. So they got to come up with some kind of ruse. And I, I think we're seeing that. You know, I think we're seeing. Oh well, this you know this makes no sense. Let's get everyone out. You know. Yeah, yeah. but we've been observing that on the show for about six months, and it hasn't. You know, they still haven't come up with a good scheme. I do have a clip of uh, 
of the propaganda ministry at CNN uh, doing a, an absolute scripted uh, discussion about the situation in Libya and Obama's dilemma. I wouldn't call this, it says bogus CNN propaganda on the clip, but it could be called, you know, uh, Obama's dilemma. And if you, it, you, you can almost see these people reading off a prompter as they go back and forth with this discussion. This is Wolf Blitzer and <laughs> somebody who's unnamed. Was that the guy who was in front of the green screen during the first Gulf War? Wasn't that <laughs> look, the guy? Look, I'm ducking. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Any more action that the Obama administration needs to step up and do, Wolf? Yeah, what I'm hearing is that the U.S. is ready to do a lot more, but they would like to see the international community get more d- directly involved, international organizations, the Europeans, uh, and certainly the Arab world, the Muslim world. They'd like to see some help coming in as well. But I think the president of the United States has made it clear to all of his, a- uh, his aides, let's do whatever we can to help these refugees, but let's make sure that the whole world, the, the U.N. international relief organizations, do all they can as well. The good news, and we heard this earlier from Nick Kristof, the Tunisians. Nick Kristof, by the way, is the guy uh, who allegedly, he's from the New York Times, he allegedly inspired George Clooney to go to Sudan. That's what Clooney keeps saying. So, oh, a connection. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I kept reading these, these, reading these great Kristoff articles. I'm like, I got to go help. So, yeah, a total CIA connection there with Kristoff. Are doing a lot. The Egyptians are doing a lot, but there's so much more that has to be done. These people are in dire shape right now. You know, people look back, though, to Bosnia, 1993, for instance, and the international community did get together and did do something. So what's the difference then? Okay, but, stop. You know, now back this up again and listen to her question. She asked what the difference is with with Bosnia. And his his answer is his answer is as to what the difference is is there's a difference. <laughs> okay. Well, it's the good so news lame. Is that we heard this- oh, I'll back it up a second. Here we go. Any more action that the Obama administration needs to step up and do? Well, yeah. What I'm hearing is that the U.S. is ready to do a lot more, but they would like to see the international community get more d- directly involved. International organizations, the Europeans, uh, and certainly the Arab world, the Muslim world. They'd like to see some help coming in as well. But I think the president of the United States has made it clear to all of his a- uh, his aides: let's do whatever we can to help these refugees, but let's make sure that the whole world, the the UN international relief organizations, do all they can as well. The good news, and we heard this earlier from Nick Kristof, the Tunisians... I'm sorry, I backed it up a bit too far. Asians are doing a lot, the Egyptians are doing a lot, but there's so much more that has to be done. These people are in dire shape right now. You know, people look back, though, to Bosnia, 1993, for instance, and the international community did get together and did do something, so what's the difference then? You know, it was uh, it was a different situation then, but this is a it's weighing very heavily on President Obama. She went off script. Like she was either that or he he skipped a piece he skipped on the, the line. Prompter. <laughs> the pro- uh, the, 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 just different. Shut up and stick to this stick to the script. All right, now a potential crisis, a potential nightmare, the slaughter of nightmare. thousands of people. If Gaddafi wants to fight till the bitter end, he's got the the weapons to do that. He's got uh, not only conventional. Weapons. He's got some mustard gas. Oh, this mustard is, gas. Yeah. Where did this come no, into no. the picture? Well, I, this hit me when I was watching this stuff come by. Mustard gas. Of course, it's Saddam Hussein used chemical weapons on his own people. Remember, he killed all the Kurds, and that was another big reason to go in. Like yeah, the guy is evil. So I know we need that meme back. We in need play. some mustard gas. Yeah, we need. But of all the things, mustard, <laughs> mustard gas. gas. Like, I mean, guys, you go with a newer gas. Really, get a little high tech. Yeah, come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> really? Can't you can't you update the script just a little bit? They pulled it out of the Wang computer. The script, plant <laughs> douchebags. Yeah, indeed. We, we could have used anything but mustard gas, but it also kind of frames the uh, you know frames the Libyans as uh, dust bunnies. You know, as as uh, as archaic uh, dumb shits. I think that's what it's intended for. Yeah, you for. might be right there. Yeah. That's good. But that's clearly, it's, it's clear to show that he's an evil guy. And I'm just waiting for someone to say, we'll remember how, uh, Saddam Hussein, uh, uh, you know, gassed his own people, the Kurds up there. I'm waiting for that. You just, it, you, I predict it right now you're going to hear that. He could do that if he, if he really wants to do that. He could kill a lot of people. Yay! And, and, you know, the pre- Yay for killing people! The president uh, is saying to himself, well, what can we do? It's on my watch. Uh, as president of the United States, what should we be doing? Uh, there are some in his administration and certainly in Congress who are saying, get that no-fly zone uh, up and about, uh, start uh, uh, arming some of the opposition, the rebels, if you will. He's reluctant to take that step right now, and I think they're waiting to see what happens over the next few days. So what, uh, what surprises me is two things. I don't hear anyone anywhere saying, why are we bothering? What, why? It's, it's, let them go kill each other. Who cares? That, you know, that's not in our Constitution. We're supposed to go jump in and help everybody. And the way that's being proposed to help is by creating a no-fly zone. That's code for shooting down jets and uh, bombing um, anti-aircraft sites and radar sites. When, here's when you know when it's going to happen. When they start talking about surgical strikes... Then it's on. <laughs> yes. Sir. Then when I say, oh, we'll, we'll perform basic. some yeah. surgical strikes, then you know it's on and it's happening. So we're just waiting for those two things, for the uh, mustard gas usage um, and for the surgical strikes. That'll be code for it's on uh, Blackwater, uh, uh, formerly known as Z, formerly known as Blackwater. Get your guys ready. We're going in. Yes, you know, Senator McCain is among those uh, saying that we need to have a no-fly zone that is in place. But, you know, from my perspective, this is looking to be long, drawn-out, protracted battle here. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I think the Pentagon is very reluctant to, to go ahead with a no-fly zone. It's not just a no-fly zone uh, to fly some planes over the skies of Libya. you got to first knock out their anti-aircraft capabilities, go. their radar. Their, so oh, he's saying it. That's good. You don't want to endanger U.S. planes or NATO planes flying over. McCain makes the point, though that if you were to announce a no-fly zone, Libyan pilots themselves would be deterred. They would stop flying because they don't want to be shot down out of the sky. And, and that's a risk. You know, who knows what the outcome would be. I know there's a serious debate going on, and I know that the Secretary of Defense uh, and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, they're not eager to get involved militarily right now. They've got two other wars yeah. uh, that they're fighting in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. So right I, have another, uh, I have another clue as to how this was scripted. Do you recall when, uh, we, it was only a few weeks ago, really, when we talked about Hillary Clinton removing the ambassador to Luxembourg? You remember that? No. Yeah, she, she was one of the top Obama donors. and, uh, and she, you know, it's, Oh, right, 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 the party girl. Yeah, the, the party girl, exactly. So um, she was ambassador to Luxembourg. Now, Luxembourg basically has one industry, banking. And so now we're getting the big uh, news stories Luxembourg at the heart of Gaddafi's finances. So all of his money there, of course, of you know they call it a financial clearing house. So I think that this was scripted in so far that uh, Hillary Clinton's like, look, we're going to go in. We got, you know we got the Glencore IPO on the way. We got to get Libya. It's really good for everybody. I mean, all our oil companies are already in there. We've got to create a ruckus. Oh crap! That bitch is in there. Oh jeez. All right, let's uh, let's uh, trump up some crazy charges that she's partying, and we'll get her out. And uh, I don't know if she's been replaced yet, 
But that would make so much sense because they need a shill there now that this is coming down to Luxembourg. Well, couldn't that woman have been a shill? No, no, she no, she was a ditz. She she was a party girl, probably. She knew she was not on the Clinton camp. Let's put it that way. This is a Clinton operation, as was Bosnia. And that's why Bos- the Bosnia meme was dropped into that piece, yes. by the way. And and notice. this is also, if you read George, uh, not George, um, Brzezinski's uh, global chess game, Zbigniew Brzezinski's global chess game, he literally talks about, you know, what we need is a, a giant global unrest in the... Uh, in the Middle East and in Northern Africa. Yeah, we, we, you haven't brought that book up for a while. I think it needs to be in the book club. Should be on I the hope book club. The yeah, book club knows about it because this is basically the blueprint. And I, I have to read it again myself because I got to see what's next. <laughs> we got so we, so we can just talk about it before it actually happens. Um, but you know, this is part. If if you buy into the uh, the idea that Zbigniew Brzezinski, who I think still two of his sons are in the Obama administration. And, of course, his daughter is on uh, Morning Joe. He's part of the uh, uh, Ministry of Truth. Uh, if you buy into that, then what is happening and what is now indeed being called for is something akin to a European Union of the Middle East. So it would be more like the Arabian Union. And this is uh, exactly what the the globalists want. This is what the New World Order has always called for. We have the North American Union, the European Union, uh, then we have the uh, Pacific, uh, uh, the Asia Pacific Union, and we need the Middle East Union. And up on top of that is where we, you know we got the Trilateral Commission, and and everybody runs the world in kumbaya. We hold hands and tell each other secrets. And uh, and oh, I had a I had <laughs> well, a, you know the thing if, if this theory is correct, mm-hmm. or if you're if the playbook that you're seeing mm-hmm. is a Clinton one, then it would make sense my assertion that Obama's been kind of left out in the left out to hang yeah. uh, as uh, like he's in, he's out, he's, you know, he's saying, not saying anything about Gaddafi. Then he's you know saying he should be, he has to be out. I mean, this is going to be a fiasco as far as he's concerned, because well, you, then that, that's yes. what the Clintons would want. Well, this is so and guess who's propagating this meme, by the way, a Middle East without borders. What news organization would this come from, John? Well, if it was the Reuters would be one of the your no, keys. No, even better than that. Uh, I don't know, New York Times? Al Jazeera. Oh, right, Al Jazeera, which is what Hillary is promoting as the best news source. Right, and of course... Okay, that's, well, that, that's even better. That's that's just, uh, that yeah. starts to connect the dots. And that's, Perfect. and that's, you know, funded by the Brits. Of course, we're too stupid to know that here. But yeah, that's that's funded by the by British intelligence, at best. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of... Do you think of- Hillary and Bill is working for British intelligence, MI6? No, I think they're working for Brzezinski, really. Somebody's working for somebody. Anyway, uh, <laughs> somebody's working for somebody because they need the money. But but I think we have. There's another plan afoot. Another plan, and I'm liking this one a lot because we haven't had one in a while. And you know, uh, we need to to jack up the television ratings one way or another. Of course, we know that uh, uh, many singers and performers, such as Mariah Carey, performed for one of uh, Odafi's sons, Odafi. Uh, Mariah Carey now comes out saying she feels horrible and embarrassed about uh, perform, performing for uh, the Libyan leader's family, and she pledges to raise money for human rights with a future single. Why don't she just give the money back? Well, you know that would you know that would suck. So she's she's not going to do that. It, despite ignoring calls to donate the one million dollars 
she reportedly received for the gig. Carrie promises that a future single, <laughs> save, no, wait, save the Day, will raise money for human rights. Uh-huh. Save the day. Save the children. <laughs> I feel I feel a telethon coming on, John. Don't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, we, we're, we're overdue. We yeah, haven't had one for yes, a couple of years. It's a good way one. to... And, of course, uh, we'll have uh, Nelly Furtado and Beyonce will be in there. I mean, everyone performed there. So everyone might, everyone's guilty. So they all got to, like, join in and hold hands and, you know, hey, we got to raise some money. We're not going to give the money back because, you know, we spent that already. That wouldn't be right. That, that, I mean, come on. I worked hard for that. You know, I sang for 45 minutes. Crazy. So, uh, yeah. This is a playbook. Complete uh, playbook. And, uh, winning. <laughs> winning. And the Charlie. Duh. <laughs> Rhymes with winning. Anyone? Yeah, that would be us. Uh, all right, just briefly, uh, I think we should just talk about it for a second, about uh, Sheen's Corner, which uh, was uh, announced to great fanfare yesterday. And, of course, uh, like idiots, we all sat down in front of Ustream. Uh, I, I sat down with my first thing was like, hmm, interesting. Will Ustream hold out? Is this going to be the victorious secret of uh, of our age? And I only saw like 100,000 uh, viewers online. I didn't see. No, like, I got to 120. It peaked at about 120,000, and then it dro- started to drop like a rock. And then by the time I left, uh, which was, uh, I got, I mean, everyone just started bailing out. It was down to the, like the 95, it did 95,000. I think it was just kept falling. It was, uh, it was terrible. Well, my takeaway is this: uh, this production is everything. If this doesn't prove to you that Hollywood is a big box of trickery and smoke and mirrors that can make any idiot look really good and be funny, then you're crazy. Because this is, the, this is probably Charlie Sheen. And I've seen this behavior with, uh, with people who um, um, are on top of their game. You, know, you get like, uh, you know, you, you create a following, starts to build around you of ass kissers and people who are, yeah, you're great and it's funny. And uh, and we've we're we, hilarious. We know people like this, which is kind oh, yeah. of right. We we <laughs> more than a few. Actually. Yes, and and, and it's a <laughs> very typical behavior. And uh, I'm off the Charlie Sheen boat. I'm like, I was giving the guy a real benefit of the doubt, but no, nah, I'm sorry, he's nuts. He's, I mean, he, well, not nuts, but it's just uh, he's like, you know, he's on some trip. We have a Dutch expression over the part getilt, which means that he's been hoisted up. On top of the horse, but so far he fell off on the other side. It's kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of a good, a good expression. They, That's uh, a good one. Yeah, it's a real good one. If anyone could possibly pronounce it, <laughs> boom. So uh, there you go, Char- Charlie Sheen. Sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. loser. <laughs> Duh. Sorry, dude. <laughs> oh my goodness. See, uh, w- they also did a hit piece on him in the New York Times. People should read it. It's quite interesting. Uh, about yeah. his uh, about uh, his wife. He's a wife beater. Well, that's not necessarily confirmed. The bad thing is, I mean, he's not in jail. Concerned. He's not in jail, and I'm sure that if he actually was, he probably would have been convicted of it. I don't think. He well, he was. If pass. you read that piece carefully, there was a number of times where he pled no contest, pled guilty. Oh, really? And did some, uh, you know, community service and some other things. I mean, he he. Right. It's just if you read the piece, it's pretty. It's an indictment. I mean, there's no question about it, and he wouldn't address it. Well, the, 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 the what the piece points out, and it's linked in the show notes, noagendashow.com. I, I think what the piece points out correctly is that in society in general, if a uh, yeah, woman, that's what the piece was about. If if a woman uh, is a, a quote gold digger or you know or screws around or actually is a professional, 
at having sex for money that um, uh, that it's okay that she's beaten. And that's kind of a societal thing, which I think is indeed uh, true in our society and obviously wrong. Yeah, I think it, I think it was an excellent and well written piece, but it was a hit piece. And but you know I couldn't uh, yeah. yeah disagree with it. Okay. I, it's like a hit piece that worked. Too much time taken up already. Indeed. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> oh, what do I have? Oh, oh, let's, I, do, I, let's do our executive producers. Oh, we yes. have a lot of them. Good. We had a good uh, showing. Uh, of course, then again, I just say that. Yeah. And then I Why do you I, say these things? The I noticed that I had. It, <laughs> it slipped out. You know, I, uh, as uh, when I'm not watching C-SPAN, so you don't have to. And and I think that part of the giving level that we see today, John, is because we did that work again. It's not always apparent how much work goes into watching incredibly boring crap to. The, you know the stuff the journalist won't do because you know they got deadlines and hey they got parties to go to <laughs> they got white house parties to go to um but uh i've also listened to npr in the car because I, I i drive a lot more now being in los angeles in the sob 93 <laughs> yeah sob 93 it's gay and uh, it is. It's a really gay car. Uh, it's a woman's car. Women love the old, those old sobs. Yeah. And it's silver, which is even worse. It doesn't get... I'm surprised that the paint hasn't p- ch- chipped no, off. No, no, the paint is beautiful. The bumpers That's are weird peeling. because silver paint is considered the most is the worst paint. No, it's actually the bumpers are peeling a little bit, but not the not the paint job itself. That's actually quite good. I take care of it though. You know, I, I wax it and everything. <laughs> my neighbor's looking out. Oh my god, he's waxing the sob again. Um, you do. You don't wax it. Yeah. No, I do. I've waxed it twice since I've had it. Yeah, of course. Really? Yeah, I got to protect my investment, all three thousand dollars of it. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. So I'm well, listening to spend t- your money wisely. Well, yeah. Duh. So, <laughs> stop. <laughs> so uh, I'm listening to NPR and every single station, every single public radio station in the Los Angeles area was doing a donation drive. And it's oh, so it's donation funny. month. They're talking about the give. No, no matter what you're, this is how they pitch it. No matter what your giving level, which I love that word, no matter what your giving level, you know you have to do it. They're going for the hard sell now. It's like, even if you agree or disagree with the, with the funding coming from, uh, from the government, you know what you have to do. They're really quite forceful about this. The, 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 uh, that Corporation for Public Broadcasting ha- brings in billions, billions oh, yeah. with oh, a B. Yeah. They were complaining because they're going to cut their, you know, cut a half a billion out of their budget. I mean, we don't. So anyway, the point is, is that if you're going to do something, they take commercials. Uh, we, the money is better spent on the no agenda. And you know, you show. know what they've done. You know what is so smart about their model about the scam that is national public radio, because they only have uh, sponsorships or advertising or whatever you want to call it, as the CEO of the CPB says herself. Um, they have limited slots available, so they yeah. All, yeah. And so, what does that do when you would limit the? Because I I know media buyers who buy radio, and I've talked to many of them when we first started podcasting. So they really wanted to um, you know to figure out how to advertise and what they could charge. And of course, there's no measurement like the Arbitron ratings. Nothing that is effective enough to and and the audiences aren't big enough. But they were they're always sold out. So if you're always sold out, then what happens? The price goes up. So it's it's they've got a total lock on it. It's uh, it's it's very very smart, smarter than we are. 
Yeah, smarter than we are, but we do our best. So let's uh, name a couple of executive producers and uh, four associate executive producers and four members of the 284 Club. Nice. Which is a good number, and I hope that people will... uh, In fact, I'd like to ask anyone who's a new listener or has just been listening to not even think about the lower... Just join the 285 Club. Just do it next week. I think you'll feel better. We had a long letter. I'm now convinced. got a long letter from one of our... uh, our listeners saying, you know, it, it actually felt good to be giving. And I think it does feel good for a it, lot of people. And I think good. people need to do this for their own. Do you know what they asked me yesterday soul. at Whole Foods? Because I, I, you know, you know me, right, John? I, I give money to lots of people. Uh, yes, whenever he, he will give money. If, you, if a guy on the street asks you for money, you always give him a, a fiver. Right. So I'm at Whole Foods because I had to do the shopping. And uh, not because I love the prices at Whole Foods because they're exorbitant, but, you know, at least I can. Uh, argue with the guys at the fish counter about when it came in and you know about the mercury level and you know i feel a little bit better about what i'm buying over ralph's and then so it's like 164 dollars and what just for just for groceries how many bags you got to go buy the bag four bags four bags yeah of course it's too high it's like killing me anyway and then the the girl and clearly she was like a, a newbie she said um can i ask you one thing well yeah would you like to add a dollar on that to help save the entire planet? And I didn't hear it at first. I'm like, and you know, there's a line, right? There's a line there. I said, excuse me? She says, would you like to um, uh, add on an extra dollar to help save the entire planet? I said, screw the planet. <laughs> and the whole line is like, oh, oh, they're aghast. They screwed the planet. <laughs> the planet will be fine. It's the people who are going to die. Now give me my receipt. <laughs> and the people were horrified. I bet they were. You're in Whole Foods, for God's sake. I didn't want to help save the planet. This dollar, what are they asking for a dollar for? I don't know. They're probably just putting it in their coffers. Where's it accounted for? I know. I wasn't even going to get into that. I'm just like, how? Oh, you should have at least asked. How dare you? It's like, no. But it just came out of my mouth. Screw the planet. Screw the planet. (laughs) You can see all these Hollywood house frogs going, (gasps) An audible, oh, an audible oh, gas. What did he say? What you doing here? <laughs> My wife likes to go to Whole Foods and she wears a leather coat. And then she she says she says she she buys the meat from the meat counter because they do have beef. Yeah, good sure quality. Do. Yeah, and she she she, she, she I, I know she probably doesn't like me telling this. She wears a leather coat when she goes to Whole Foods, and then she looks down the line of all the different checkers and finds the most dour lesbian she can find. <laughs> and they're there at Whole Foods. Yo, they're bunches of them and then you get and she gets in line there and then she just brags about how great the meat is at home <laughs> isn't the meat great from that dead animal mm, mm, yum all right anyway executive okay. producership today we're very right. very proud of uh, our uh we got a good group. We got Robert Wiltshire came in uh, from Tampa, Florida, six hundred sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents, which is, finishes up his knighthood. He'll nice. be knighted later in the show. Nice. Uh, we have an anonymous donor from Bridgewater, New Jersey, with that three thirty-three thirty-three. Is that the associate? Uh, and he no, he'll be. We have the three thirty-three is a cutoff point for executive producer. We have two. We have one standalone, two executive producers, and then four associates. Gotcha. Let me just read the, about the. Bridgewater guy. He's an anonymous donation. He says he's been a listener since number show one, stream contributor, chat participant, but is but he's got a lot of bad karma. He's got mom's got cancer, his wife's oh, getting Jesus. transferred, his twelve year old's a football assistant shooting up a jewelry store, my fourteen year old is being bounced from school, uh fourteen year old friends destroying 
one of his friends or somebody destroyed a 41,000 song database and his truck's windshields being smashed by a pebble. He could use some karma, but doesn't believe it should, it should, he believes it should come of its own volition. So that's why he gave us 33333. I'm not, I looked up at the karma manual mm-hmm. and, and it's, uh, he says it can't be given or asked for. And in the karma manual on page 20, it definitely says you can ask for karma, but we're, but he doesn't want it. So, karma. you know what? Uh, John, let's have a quick meeting. Hey, John, I think we should give this anonymous guy from Bridgewater, New Jersey, some karma. What do you think? Well, I think we should, but he doesn't want it. Well, he, he here it comes. Get- no, it's good. It's good. I'm telling You've you. You've got karma. No, he doesn't want to ask for it, but we gave it to him. That's a big difference. Ah, okay. We gave All it right. to him after the meeting. Will Lissack in uh, Happy Valley, Oregon, who does the No Agenda Challenge coin, uh, sent three thirty three thirty three in, and he says he, he's a student. He says, uh, also, my sister Christine told me your college science classes added a new learning objective, biodiversity. <laughs> Yay, everybody! Hey. That's nice. for the housewives out there. Sir Alan Asaf. Decatur, Georgia. Uh, John and Adam like to be a member of the 284 Club and thank Sir John Smith for moving me up to knighthood. Please send them a big dose of karma. Yep, here we go. You've got karma. Hey, is, uh, oh. is Sir Alan, is he an Arab? I don't know if he is or not. He might be. Yeah, I hope so. He might be Arabian in we, some sense. <laughs> no, a, we, we call him Arabs here in America, John. Well, he's in Georgia. That's what they would call him. An Arab. Uh, please send him a big dose of you did that also. Yeah. He says, also, all virtualization and admin engineers should visit his blogs, edgesiteunderthehood.com and zentrifuge. <laughs> we'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, that's that a one. good one. Zen, it's some... Zentrifuge, it's Z-E-N-Trifuge. No, no, X-E-N. Oh, yeah, sorry, X-E-N-Trifuge.com. He also visited his virtualization blog, Wag the Real at wagthereal.wordpress.com. Keep up the great work. Alan Asaf. Yeah, as in the LAN. Local the area LAN. network. A, a, like a LAN. A LAN. Local a- area network. Get Sir it? Sir A-LAN Asaf to A-Rab. Thank you, uh, A-LAN. We appreciate uh, the support. He's a member of the 284 Club, of course. Yes, and an associate executive producer for today's show. A, a jewel. Uh, oh, brother. <laughs> Come on, Jewel uh, Vandermeer. Yeah, Vandermeer. Uh, Jewel Vandermeer. Jewel Vandermeer. In the morning, long-time listener, first-time donor. Got that settled for it. I like first-time donors who come in in the, one of the clubs. I appreciate that. For keeping up the good work, and because of that, I feel linking up through social media with John, Sir Stephen Pelsmacher, and George Vanderhorst without the proper donation. Could you please ring your karma bell? Yes, we can. Here it is. You've got karma. This is the magical third month of my company, Blauwater, B-L-A-W-W-W-D-F-Blauwater.com. B-L-A-W-W-A-T-E-R. And yes, I am a slave working for the mega yacht industry with my startup because of the housing crisis. I'm stuck with two houses and two mortgages to pay, so I guess what I did, quit my job and started my own company. Ha! <laughs> I decided that with these... With three kids and a lovely wife in this freak show world, it was about time to draw the line and only work with positive energy and take pride in what I do, bills or no bills. Good yeah, for you. great. And where's he from, John? What's the name of the town? Vlissingen, Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, very good. Very close. Close. Vlissingen. Vlissingen. Very good. 
we have another great. Anyway, he goes on. Uh, he, this must be interesting because he's working in this community of these giant mega yachts. Yeah, Russians. Russia. He probably knows a few Russians. Yeah, I bet he does. Uh, Mark Martinet in Santa Monica, California, 284 Club. Uh, hey, John and Adam, I'd like to request the title of techno expert in addition to producer after listening to Thursday's show. I'm pretty sure I do more for you and my company as a producer and tech support than any State Department techno expert would do. <laughs> yeah. That refers to last week's show or last show, uh, if anybody's interested. Someone also sent us a song, a techno expert song. I'll play that at the end of the show. It's kind of funny. They do work for the government, after all. Great show. I throw a virtual shoe at those worthless knuckleheads. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> Here's your virtual shoe. Whoa, almost hit me. Uh, Nick Newell, another first-time donor. Bangkok, Thailand. Savadi Kap. 284 Club. Been enjoying the show for a while now, although I probably agree with only 60% of what you say, which is probably higher than most people. I love the way you say it, and certainly reduces the pain of a three-hour daily commute. Holy mackerel. Wow, what a commute, eh? A three-hour daily commute in and out of Bangkok. Oh, well, that's why it's, he's only going one mile. One mile an hour. <laughs> yeah, that, I, if you've ever yeah, driven well, in Bangkok, right. that's what it is. You go one yeah, mile. Yeah, no, I, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> All of Southeast Asia, it's, it's, it's a horrible. I think if you review previous shows and donation levels, you'll find a correlation between the outlandishness of Adam's post-donation conspiracy input and the donation level, so don't hold back. Oh, thanks for encouraging him. <laughs> I have one request. Please ask listeners to visit oneforruby.com with the number four, oneforruby.com. A very special child needs your support. Thanks, Nick. And finally, Sir Vernon White, or to be Sir Vernon White, in Pearland, Texas. He's also a member of the 284 Club, and that will close our executive and associate executive producers out for today's show. Thank you very much, everybody. And uh, that's uh, now their associate and 284. That's it, right? Yeah. Okay, good. A couple of PR mentions, uh, some more domain names <laughs> being, being sent our way to noagendashow.com, nastypoliticians.com redirecting to us, uh, majorfuckups.com, interesting. <laughs> Use, Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't know. I don't know. I know Google may penalize us for that one. Uh, usehemp.com. Now, here, here's one that I thought would get us a lot of link love. And remember, this all points to our show site, noagendashow.com, dutchescort.com, which is probably worth some real money. That's uh, I would think. Yeah, penisprothesis.com, mm. uh, <laughs> uh, herpesointment.com, <laughs> <laughs> and smokecannabis.com, all pointing now to noagendashow.com. Oh, penisprothesis. Prothesis. Pro- yeah. I'm sorry, prothesis, yes. Um, what was the last one I missed? It cannabis something. Uh, Smokecannabis.com, huh. and then we have um, uh, noagendavaccine.com and vaccinesforeverything.com. That is very nice. Uh, Dugnation.com now being uh, directed to uh, noagendashow.com. Dronenation.com as well, which I think is uh, another. That's a good, good one. It's a good one. Uh, assassinatement.com. Ooh, assassinatement. Assassinatement. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking what That's you guys are coming up with. And of course, uh, the crown jewel, gayasspirates.com, which uh, <laughs> is another one that we really needed. And uh, winding out the list, biodiversityfaq.com, biodiversitylies.com. And these are spelled properly, not Tay, but the real biodiversity. And biodiversitytruth.com. Uh, all of these are great PR uh, initiatives, and uh, you can read about the people who did those in the show notes at noagendashow.com. And, of course, thanks to our executive producer, Sir Robert Wilcher. We will be knighting him later today. 
uh, as our executive producer of episode 284, uh, also executive producer Anonymous from New Jersey, who we rang the Carmen Bell for, and Will Lisak, and of course this episode's associate executive producers and exclusive 284 Club members. The doors close. You can't get in anymore. Uh, you can start... Uh, getting in on the 285 Club for the next show. We thank Sir. Has a nice ring to it. 285 Club sure does. We thank uh, Sir Alan you. Asaf, Jules Fondemir, uh, and techno expert Mark Martinet, uh, Nick Newell, and Sir Vernon White. Uh, your giving levels have been highly appreciated. It really pumps me up, makes me feel alive, ready to kick everybody's ass and propagate our formula. Our formula is this we go out, we hit people in the mouth. Hey, let me hit you right off the bat, John, with uh, the fact that uh, once again, um, I feel vindicated for holding on to my gold, uh, as you many times have, and we even had a conversation a few weeks ago where you said, oh, no, I know everyone's saying it's going to go and it's, it's going to go down. And what are we at? We're like 1430 now on the, the gold price for a price of, uh, for an ounce of gold. Yeah, I discussed this with Horowitz. Oh, you did? Because uh, it, it it just shows that I, I'm right about this thing. you got to hold on to it. And, in fact, it, uh, there's a lot of um, gold in the news. Massive gold demand continues in China. Colombia, new gold rush, fuels oil, old conflict, global mining production up everywhere. Apparently, they haven't found all the gold. And it seems that there's still a lot of gold in the United States. Interesting. There's a lot of gold in uh, Africa. Of course, there's a lot of gold in Africa. That's why the Chinese are there. And um, and interesting to see that a couple of states, notably Utah, uh, are now uh, making their own currencies or they are passing or, or attempting to pass bills to um, have their own currency, which is backed by gold and silver. And I have a news clip here from uh, from Tennessee, from Nashville, as Tennessee is attempting to do... Uh, the same thing, just in case, just in case on the outset, you know, it could happen that uh, the dollar becomes worthless. Yeah. The lawmaker well. says it's time for Tennessee to think about creating its own currency. Supporters say they want to be prepared in case the Federal Reserve system ever crumbles. Channel 4's Kara Kamari is here with that story. Hey, well, State Senator Bill Ketron says he believes the federal government is implementing many things that are not sustainable. And he wants to make sure Tennessee is prepared in case the bubble pops. That's why we he wants to set up a, a committee to look into what it would take for Tennessee to come up with an alternate currency. He says there's concern hyperinflation could render the U.S. dollar worthless and could throw the state's budget into and economy into chaos. Since the federal government hasn't come up with a backup plan, he thinks the state should exercise its 10th Amendment right to do so. I'm not here saying that I'm chicken little and the, the sky is falling, but at the same time, we must be prepared to think of how we are going to survive. Now, this is not an idea exclusive to Tennessee. Both Virginia and South Carolina have already set up committees to look up, look into setting up their own currencies. So is it too soon, I guess, to start wondering who's going to be on Tennessee's currency? Like, <laughs> you know, Phil Bredesen, that's it, Bill that's Haslam. A good crackpot and buzzkill should be on the currency. Are you, are yeah, you kidding me? Are you currency. kidding me? So well, I wonder how long it would be before somebody gets assassinated over this idea. Mm, interesting. I don't think so. I mean... 
whether it's going to be necessary or not, uh, it can't be hurting the price of gold, these moves. I mean, it sounds to me like we've got at least five states doing this. And yeah, it's, it's all. This is taking gold. Gold might get to whatever it gets to. It's going to be an interesting fall because you know once you commit, you make your currency linked to gold, which is you know goes up and down in value. And uh, people you know put their hundred dollars in the Tennessee hundred, and then the gold price goes back to nine hundred or whatever. Uh, you 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 just been screwed out of a bunch of money in Tennessee. Um, you're, you're really such a buzzkill on this, man. I'm I'm I. This will be the only thing we truly disagree upon. But since we started this show, I bought gold around eight hundred, eight hundred and fifty dollars, and it's now fourteen thirty. Yeah. Uh, so you know you can silver is of course done much better. Lead has tripled in value. You could have bought uh, lead. Okay. Why don't we? I'll tell you what. Why don't we make bills in Tennessee based on lead? I'm not you against know. that. Is it? You can, know, can you make lead yourself? Is, 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 is so lead? when you need you, you go to the bank and say, "I need my. I want my money in lead." You know, so they give you a couple tons of lead. It doesn't put it in your backyard. Okay, you're just being a, you're just being a jerk about it. No, I'm being honest. I'm being re- I'm being re- realistic about it. It's this too late. I'm th- I'm I'm thinking uh, a move to Tennessee may be in order. Oh well, you know, you can do the show from Tennessee. I sure could. Start developing an accent, talking a little bit like this. By the time we're done, you're going to be like, well, you know. You're a buzzkill, and you should go back to California where yeah. all the weirdos all the weirdos live with them concrete with concrete swimming ponds. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I'm I'm just saying I'm I I have uh, my recommendations for our listener, and it's not a this is not financial advice. In fact, <laughs> I'm the last person you want to take financial advice from. But I'm yeah, I know. you've been on the gold bug bandwagon. You've done very well, and your predictions have worked out, and everything's fine. And I'm and I'm not going to say that you weren't right. Okay. But you know, these, these what goes up must come down. Here's a uh, I, I've got this week. I want to or this show. I want to talk about some memes that I'm starting to spot coming all over the uh, okay. show, cropping yeah. up all over. Good. We like identifying these. Uh, before we get into it, I do have one weird thing, which which has got me an advertisement that's got memes incorporated, and it's an advertisement for. This is an ad for that blue tip fake cigarette. You mean the elect- Is it an e-cigarette? Yeah, the e-cigarette. Uh huh. And they got a guy. They get, for starts off this. The ad starts off with a bunch of people puff, puffing away on the cigarette. Mm, and they say, yum. Hey, but but play it now. Go over. There's a meme in there. It's funny. Try doing that with a patch. (laughs) It's not real smoke. It's not real smoke. It's not real smoke. (sighs) Just water vapor. Just water vapor. Just water vapor. Crazy. I can finally relax without sucking in all those chemicals and tar. Forget nasty, smelly ashtrays. No more smelly hair and clothes. No secondhand smoke. So I can take a drag wherever I want. I can smoke in the bar, not have to go outside. I can even smoke in bed. This is a free country, <laughs> right? No cigarette tax. Now I can finally start saving for once. I just charge it overnight, and it works all day. This is real, my friends. American Blue Tip, the hassle-free electronic alternative to smoking that looks, feels, and tastes just like the real thing. Call right now. We'll include the classic pocket case for ultra convenience. So pick up the phone and call right now. Are you trying to sleep with someone who sounds like a chainsaw? <laughs> it could have been for a sex toy, that ad. 
I, it sounds like it was. And it's a free country, isn't it? I love that in yeah, there. It's a free and country. the woman who says I can smoke in bed is the hot blonde. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. what does that mean? What does that tell you? After yeah, you bang me, I can smoke in bed. But she, nice. uh, but the, the, the thing is, there was a number of shots where the guys puffed and then out came. I know what water vapor looks like. <laughs> it was not water vapor. There was actual smoke because water vapor dissipates a certain very distinctive way. And this yeah. lingered. Oh, no, it know, doesn't linger. I've, I've had these e-cigarettes. They're kind of fun. But you OD on them real quick because, you know, you're like, first of all, you're going to suck really hard. And by the way, with all the corporate work I've been doing, I've been getting pretty good at that. And, uh, and, and, and. Whoa. Oh, whoa. Hold on a second. Woo. Hot pockets. Um. But besides that, to get any kind of buzz, you got to smoke a couple of them, and you can OD quite easily on nicotine. And you, and you get like, hey, you get like nauseous and dizzy, and, <laughs> and no, th- these things are not. And then yeah, and, and you got to plug it into your USB port, and it just takes away the whole coolness of smoking. <sighs> yeah, it seems to be uh, kind of dubious. <laughs> Water vapor. Yeah, it's funny. So the uh, thing that the meme that I ran in, I ran into a couple of them, but the one that got me the most is I, I and it's funny you watch. I was I started to watch the morning shows, you know, so people out there don't have to the Today Show, Good Morning America, and the uh, wow. The are, are you are you like on a, a self mutilation kick or something? Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. And uh, and so all of a sudden on the same all the shows at once, and then on the national news and everywhere you go, there is a huge movement to deal with uh, buying foreclosed homes. Oh. I mean, every show has got tips and how to do it, and, every, and they've got people coming on, the experts, and how the prices are going to go up, and now's the time because oh, if you yeah. don't do it now. This is the whole short sell thing? Is that what this is? No, it's mostly about buying just straight-up foreclosures. You can buy a short sell house, which mm-hmm. is kind of pre-foreclosure. But it's just mainly to get the real estate market back in yeah, gear. To pump it, yeah. So someone, someone made it. the call. Because, you know, Someone, Fa- Fanny and Freddie are about to be... Oh, uh, that's in cut. the meme. Oh, they, you got to get in before they... Because once right. they get once they go out of business, the interest rates are going right. to skyrocket and you're never going to get these deals. Right. And it's like every show has done this. And it's like, what, what, you, what you know, is this the time to be doing this? I don't know. I mean, there's something up with that, but it's very common. We're going to see a lot more of it. Uh, foreclosure mania clip? Uh, yeah, you can play Las Vegas, that. for example, two out of three homes are foreclosed. But what you have to realize, in many of the states, they have very low foreclosure rates. And in some of those states, the numbers are getting smaller and smaller. You seem to be optimistic. Is one of the reasons you're optimistic interest rates remain low? Interest rates remain low, but they're not going to stay low for long. They're at a nice, low. healthy five oh, percent no. now. But if we have the demise, which is a lot of people are saying of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, there you, you can bet your bottom dollar that those anyway, rates. You can, bet, you can stop you it. It's bet all your bottom scripted. dollar. Bet your bottom. Do- Who is this woman? Shill. Some expert. Whoop whoop. Shill. Shill alert. Shill alert. So that's one meme I've been spying. But the one I think that's more <clears> subtle <throat> is just starting Bullshit. to drop. Sorry. The one that's starting to crop up, and it's going, to, and I think it's going to get ahead of steam because I've seen it. The way it's been showing up, it shows up. I think on the Palatano show, a couple of it showed up on Huckabee, and it's starting to show. And I, th- I think I saw it on one of the uh, liberal stations too. And it's just starting to crop. And I give, this is my prediction: you're going to start seeing this more and more. The federal government owns so much land that they should be selling it. To the public and to the states, the states need this land, and you know the federal. Uh, that's code for the Russians. And the sh- and they show these maps, 
every one of them, they always show a map, and it's a map showing federally owned property, and mm. they own like 90% of Nevada. Yeah. They own about 50, 60% of California, most of Washington and Oregon. And it's just like you look at this map, it's like then from, from the Mississippi River west, it's like the feds own most of the property. Right. And so this meme is going out there that they should be selling it to the public. <laughs> uh, that makes no sense. To pay the one or to pay the bills to bring down the deficit. No, this, this is exactly what they did in Greece. It's just a mini version of it. Sell off your, your public land to the elites because that's who's going to buy it. Wait, oh, yeah, John, yeah, yeah, like, John, you and I going to go out and buy some land? I don't think so. We have m- land money. Who has no, it's, that? It's, it's the elites. The Ted Turners of yes, the world. Yes, yes. They're going to go buy, buy it up. This is what we, we've been saying for years on the show. This is how it works. First, they take away your money. Then they come and take away your stuff. And our stuff is that land. It's this land is your land. This land is my land. And it's just like what's happening in Greece. By the way, did we talk about what's, what they're doing in Greece, which I love? The best revolution is now just started, and it has, it's not violent. Do you know what they're doing? The great human resources of, of Greece, the Grecian islands, they've, uh, they've entered into a, a I won't pay zone. Yeah. And this is great. So Yeah, this is very funny. Toll collectors r- refuse to take your money. <laughs> Cops are not writing tickets. I mean, that civil dis- that's how you bring it to a standstill. That's how you stop these, these, these asswads. It's just like, you know, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be awesome if that just happened here? Like, no, you know what? You've paid for that. You don't have to pay. We're not going to collect that money from you. Toll collectors would stop doing that. You know, they wouldn't charge you for parking. There'd be no more parking tickets. That would be something spectacular. That would really rock if everyone just said, We yeah, don't have it. the wherewithal in this country to do that. Well, maybe if Charlie Sheen asked everyone to do it. Maybe Duh. that. <laughs> Duh. Okay, I have another meme. Uh-huh. Which uh, needs to be discussed. Mimi actually came up with this one, and this is just beginning. That horrible woman from Whole Foods who talks about the meat, the meat woman, the meat with the, the crazy meat lady at Whole Foods, uh-huh. wearing the leather. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and this, I have to say, she she came up with a lot of uh, links, which I'll send her off to for the show notes. But uh, there, it, it, you're, you're just starting to see it now. It's blaming everything on on not domestic terrorists, but domestic anarchists like us well we're not anarchists because anarchists are or they they proclaim to be anarchists and they throw bombs mm. and so now they're redefining a bunch of previous events in fact the seattle washington areas where they have you know the anarchists have taken credit there's one story in one of the papers about the anarchists saying yeah well we're responsible for breaking all the windows at the police station and Woo! the Cops were asked about this and said, what? What if we don't have any broken windows? What are you talking about? Apparently, some of the anarchists didn't get the word or they didn't do their job. And other anarchists thought they did. And so they took credit for stuff that didn't take place. But now they're, they're, they're starting to tie stuff back into, for example, there's an article in the New York Times, it's, it, which is headline, Anarchist Ties Seen in 08 Bombing of Texas Governor's Mansion. Oh, it's not, so not just lone wolves anymore. No, these are organized anarchists. Anarchists. Well, it's in, it's interesting. Do you have a clip for that? Because I got something. No, I'd I don't like have any clips for the anarchists per se. But I, I'm just calling this right now as a trending meme it's that we're going to start seeing. Anarchy is trending. Everybody, put out the word. So I'm. Um, I get this clip. This is a funny clip. Uh, we've discussed millennials many time on many times in this program. The millennials are born. Uh, they born around uh, in the nineties. 
Are those the millennials? Yeah, I guess. They're, yeah. they're 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 right, right, something like that. So they're you know they're all like my 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 daughter, you know, twenty. Yeah, so they're eighteen to twenty-five, whatever. The millennials, and they have or younger, yeah. or a little younger even, and they have a an inherent uh, attitude that uh, they should be getting everything, everything for be- free, and they don't like to work. Yeah, exactly. So uh, in Wisconsin, of course, we've got all kinds of groups in there now. All kinds of crazies are popping up because you know you can get on TV. I think that's why they're all showing up there. And there's an organization called the uh, ISO which I think is the International Socialist Organization. So this this is an interview, and I don't think it's a mainstream clip, which makes it even funnier, of this millennial being interviewed. And and he said, you know, I'm I'm a socialist, and we really need to change things, and, you know, if we don't stand up for our rights, nothing's going to change. Now, he works at Noodles. (laughs) Noodles, which I don't think is a national chain. It sounds to me like it's kind of a small outfit, this noodle. Am I wrong about that? Do you know of noodles? I don't know. It might or might not be. I can look it up. I've, I've it never heard be. of it. It could, it could be a, 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 a semi-national chain, but it's noodles. Now listen to the attitude this kid throws down on how it should be at noodles because it ain't going the way he thinks it should be. Well, like I described earlier, there are two fundamental classes that are just a plain fact in society. You either work for someone else or you work for yourself. Yeah. Now, by the way, kid, that's called America. That's how we do it here. You, you know, and the best thing is you, you try and start your own business. We're open to do, Well, we used to be kind of open to doing that. Now listen to what, he, what his gripe is, John. Most people work for someone else in a way that they aren't free. Um, you don't really get to decide your work. For example, I work at Noodles, a restaurant, and basically it's a dictatorship there. Um, we're told exactly what we're going to cook, how we're going to cook it, what time we're going to get there. And basically, if they don't like what they're doing, they try to tell us what to do. If we don't listen, they get rid of us. And so, <laughs> It's called having a job. Holy mackerel. This is a great clip. This is the clip of the day. Can you believe this crap? It's like, they tell us how to cook, tell us what time to get there, and if you don't, then you get fired. The nerve of them. (laughs) We're not able to actually cooperate in a way that we make decisions together. I try to convince my my fellow employees that we should have a union at Noodles, so it's a source of power to to start with. Ah, this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. <laughs> That's great. We, we need Where'd a source you get of that power. Clip? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of you. You know, I've got this noagendanewsnetwork.com, which is really rolling pretty well. Yeah, great. Where did that clip come from? From the noagendanewsnetwork.com. I mean, where did it originally come from? It wasn't the news network that was out interviewing this kid. Well, hold on a second. I can find it for you. <laughs> uh, where we was need it? more clips like that. That was good, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, I can't believe it, man. Like, they, they gave me some money, and then they told me what to do. Yeah, and, I told them to <laughs> shove it. And they told me how to cook, man. That's, that's like, not okay, all right? It's just I, not, how to, I don't know how to cook, but I don't need to be told. <laughs> and noodles. So we got to have, like, a union of noodles. <laughs> but the whole interview is so incredibly serious, which is kind of the, the frightening thing about it. And it's just like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's in the show notes. Uh, I gotta, I gotta find it. Uh, no, you know, Eddie right at the at the Mevio office, who's a He's millennial, a millennial. Yeah. Uh, who is really, I really like this kid. But he, I every once in a while, I talk to him about the fact that he's working, and he's always laughing about everything. And I said, "You're the only one in your group that works, right?" He says, "Yeah." He says, "The funny thing is, he says he he goes to work, 
he leaves a group of guys, I guess he's living with a bunch of guys or I don't know what, but he or hangs out with a bunch of guys. And he first he gets up at 6 in the morning and surfs. Then he comes into work. He says the only time he'll ever have to surf. And then he goes home. He says he gets home, and the guys that he left before he went to work are bed. sitting there not having done a damn thing. <laughs> and who's paying for all that? I don't know. I guess he is. I have no idea. Unbelievable. Yeah. But, I mean, how misguided is that? I mean... I don't. I think I blame the, the overall. I think the loss of manufacturing in this country, which doesn't give kids the opportunity to work in the summertime. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I, <laughs> yeah. I used to work every summer. When I went through high school, I had a job somewhere. I did something. And when I was even younger than that, I had a, two paper routes. I didn't have one. I had two paper routes. I had a regular New Oakland Tribune route, and I had a shopper route. And I then I worked every summer, and then during college I worked every you know every summer, and I had a various gimmicks to get better jobs, so I'd get paid a lot. And then uh, so I've always been working, and I, and and I one time I was bitching about the kids in Port Townsend hanging around in the summertime, and I wrote an op-ed it was years ago in the San Francisco Examiner bitching about these kids not doing anything, and this is like twenty years ago, and I got a whole bunch of letters from kids do what. He says, there's nothing to do. There's no jobs anywhere. He says, there's no businesses that want to hire us. So what are we supposed to do? We just hang around. And it's created an entire generation of kids who don't know anything about work. They don't know how to take So orders. you're saying because we don't really have those jobs anymore, it's uh, they don't do them. Because I, I did hard labor. I did... Um uh, I st- I stacked uh, firewood, but you know, like in big orange bags uh, filled with mahogany, which is like yeah. crazy heavy. It's something. Yeah, or or painting like uh, the gas station. I'd have to paint the tanks and stuff. I mean, you know, it's like yeah, you 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 you, you got to do, do stuff. Some. There's yeah. stuff to do. There's nothing to do. These kids have nothing. There's no opportunities for them. I mean, you know, Eddie's job is basically watching videos all day. <laughs> And, and it's like, and that's like a job. But it's like, there's nothing like these old jobs used to be. We used to have factories all over the place that always needed extra help. And I think, I don't think it's just the loss of manufacturing in this country that's the problem. It's the social loss of manufacturing that's the problem. It's not that we need to build stuff in this country. Yeah, you can get a job at Boeing probably if you were an engineer. But the fact of the matter is, there's no so we don't socialize our kids to be into working. They don't work. And and thus they don't even think that they don't have enough experience, work experience to know how to do entrepreneurial stuff well enough because they've never seen a business, how it works and how people are are are, uh, are managed. This kid is a perfect example. These people are telling me what to do. I don't get it. Why were they doing that? Yeah, that's not we have to work together to figure out how to make noodles. <laughs> It's disturbing. So I, it's a huge, I think it's the disturbing. sociology of the loss of manufacturing is more important than the actual loss of manufacturing. I think it should have been subsidized, even if we're taking a beating, because these kids, we have an entire generation or two generations of kids that don't know crap about working or being managed or, or following instructions or anything like that. They've been to school, now they're just bums. And what are we going to do about this, Dr. Dvorak? Uh, nothing. We're doomed. We're doomed, right? It's all over. Sorry, I mean, I I could just observe. Nice little, uh, nice little uh, elitist thing that was uh, noticed by one of our human resources. So you know, we've got this uh, insider trading uh, scandal. Remember the Galleon Fund? This is the uh, the the Indian guy Raj Rajav, whatever his name is. He um, 
Rajat, Raj Rajat, something like that. So um, the way it went down is uh, he was uh, trading on the inside of uh, Goldman Sachs deals, and he would get calls within one minute of uh, of a you know like oh Warren Buffett's going to put five billion into the company. Yeah, the guy gets a call, everyone invests, eh, make out like bandits. Um, so, you know, this trial is coming up. No one will go to, this guy will go to jail. Of course, we'll throw the, the poor Indian schmuck in jail. You know, all, all the the elitist white guys will, will get, away, get away with murder. But uh, someone noticed that this very guy, Raj, I'm, let me get, I might as well get his name now. Uh, hold on. Raj. Uh. Maybe it's Rajiv. Hold on. Rajat Gupta. It's Gupta. That's Jones in India. I know. But his name is Rajat Gupta. Uh, he has been on uh, several, and I have the list right here, several of the White House dinner lists. Mm. <laughs> Mr. Rajat Gupta. Yeah, I wonder if that'll come up in questioning. So uh, what did you talk about when you were there at the White House uh, for the uh, state dinner? We never get invited to this stuff. No, but we're not corrupt enough. Ah, However, um, Ted Rumsfeld uh, has been doing the rounds. Uh, You know that's his name, right? Ted. Ted. Ted Rumsfeld's been doing the rounds promoting his book. He's still on his... uh, Do we know what his advance was, how many million dollars he got? Because he's doing a lot of... Crazy! Well, it's in the, obviously shows. in the millions because that's yeah, what they. Be. I mean, because he is ob, he is. It's in the contract. He has to hit the road hard. Yeah. So he's um, nobody really wants to read Rumsfeld's book. No. And everyone who's read it says it's full of crap anyway. So he he did the following on uh, and and I don't even want to set it up. It's too funny to hear it again. Uh, this time he was on uh, Bill O'Reilly, which uh, I think you watch more than I do. I I, I don't. I, I, I had a clip, but I... I like I it when they have the, the milfy chick and the gay guy doing the quiz. That's always funny. I like that. That's funny, but, the, but actually the, the best show. part of the O'Reilly show is when he brings the body language expert in. Yeah, yeah. No, she hasn't been on in a while, I don't think. Have you seen he her? He bumped her from the show a couple of shows ago. I was irked. Hmm. An outrage. Outrage. So, so Ted Rump... <laughs> Ted... Bullshit filter. No agenda bullshit filter, by the way, everybody. Get this plug in for your Firefox. It's amazing... When you see the names of the innocent change right before your very eyes. So Ted Rumsfeld uh, is on the show. And uh, <laughs> the topic of corruption comes up. And I'm just floored by what... Oh, yeah. I'm floored. This is beautiful. I'm floored by what he says. And With these guys. Sorry? I was going to say, and this is not... He did this on about five different right, shows. Right, right. This is not the first time he did it. But this is a good one because with O'Reilly. And O'Reilly's asking, what? Really? What? What are, you, what are you kidding me? What these guys prey on. Afghanistan, Obama doing the right thing? I have a lot of confidence in, in uh, Petraeus. Petraeus. Yeah, I think he's, he's a sensible man and a, and a fine general officer. The, the reality is that country is going to have to nation build itself. We can't nation build another Give me country. odds of that happening. Everybody says the Afghans just not going to do that. It's too corrupt, too backward. Oh, I hear that corrupt baloney. Listen, is there a, how many countries in the world are corrupt? <laughs> so first of all, that's not what Karzai. He's not corrupt. Baloney, baloney. It's baloney. That's not corrupt. And now he does the most unthinkable thing. He's going to compare other countries' uh, corruption levels, their giving levels to the elites. Uh, to Afghanistan, most of them yes. have corruption. Look at the United States. Huh? Look at thank you. 
Look at the United States. He is pointing out that the United States government is corrupt. How many congressmen have been sent to Yeah, but it's slammer? nothing on a, on a scale of Afghanistan. Well, listen. Look at you, Ted Rumsfeld. Look at how you brought in aspartame into the world to kill all the children. Look at how you... Ted Rumsfeld, you're the most corrupt guy in the world. If it, it, does this, how does this guy sleep at night? How does he sleep at night? The, the criticisms of Karzai, I think, are, are misplaced. Right. And I think it's been... You're very, a Karzai fan? You like him? I think it's been very unwise. He, he's been elected leader of that country. Yeah. <laughs> and O'Reilly, now O'Reilly's like, what? You got O'Reilly is befuddled by this. I know. He's like, I thought we were on the same side. What is going on? What are you talking about? But it was and a booted election. It was a rigged election. Oh, come on. You oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I love that as a response. Oh, come on. Fiddlesticks. So, so Tommy Rot, I tell you, this was not a corrupt election. What? What is? It was an election. They had their own constitution. It's just like us. You know, it, our, like our elections are always on the up and up. It's like there's never anything going on. Oh, gee. All right. Are you crazy? And and I think you give you've, you think you've he's an honest guy, Corsai. I do. I haven't seen no indication that he's corrupt. <laughs> Look at the hat and the cape. How can it not be an honest guy? This is why he's dressed in the hat. The, the hat, in case you haven't been listening to the show long enough, is made of uh, calf fetuses skin. We, remember we talked about that, John? Oh yeah, yeah. So they take a calf out of the fetus, out of the womb, the fetus. So pre-birth, they skin it, and that's what they make the guy's hat out of. How can a guy like that be okay? I mean, that's just. By the he way, should be going to Whole Foods wearing that. I was that just going to say, Mimi should get her one of those. <laughs> I think the way he's been savaged by Holbrook and by General Jones and by uh, Biden and other people oh, criticizing him—he's oh. he is the president of that country. Yeah, are you nuts? Remember, we put him there. I mean, uh, he was elected. We want him to succeed instead of running around well, saying, I want, oh, there's, I certainly there's, want the gambling, Taliban there's to be gambling in the casino. Oh, my goodness. He even says it. Oh, there's gambling in the casino. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, listen, he drops a bomb here that uh, O'Reilly doesn't pick up on or can barely picks up on because we're out of time. In the odds that the Taliban is defeated and we prevail in our country and a decent government is in. Give me odds. Close question. 50-50? Maybe. All right. the, 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 the Taliban are determined. They're, they're oh, extremists. Brutal. Right. They're brutal. And they got a sanctuary in Pakistan. Exactly. All right. Uh, today, uh, but they have a... So, before we go on, do you hear what's happening here? Do you know why Rumsfeld is saying all this? Tell me. To, to get out of, of Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. no, It's fixed. Is... Afghanistan is fixed. We've got a good guy in there. He's got the fetus ah, hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's is, still working. It's he's still working it. And then they're both like, and we got to go to Pakistan. Of course, he needs to bring up the Libya thing, but he didn't get to it in this clip. Now, here comes the bomb. Chance, and we've given him a chance. We have and, absolutely and given him thing. 10 years you of American bet. blood and treasure. You bet. All right. Mexico today called around Obama. have a press conference. I tried to watch it. I put, it put me to sleep. Um, I, I think Mexico is the next big story. Uh, I think Calderon should declare martial law. Let the military deal with the drug cartels. 35,000 dead down there. And he's just, he doesn't seem to get it. I mean, neither of them seem to get it. Am I wrong? The idea of a 2,000-mile border with the United States and a dysfunctional country is a terribly dangerous thing. That's, now, why is that, John? Why is it a terribly dangerous thing? Why, why, and O'Reilly agrees. Why is well, a, it was not dangerous? The northern thing, their northern border is at least as long or longer. It's longer. But why are they? And that's why not are, a dangerous thing. Why are these? Why is it a dangerous thing? I don't get it. Well, he. I don't know. 
It's not really a dangerous thing except for the fact that there's a civil war a brewing in, in Mexico. But, ha- but having a fence is a dangerous thing. I don't understand. I mean, I, I don't give a crap. The whole thing's a danger. Other. I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking at the Rumsfeld. Apparently, it's a big story. Rumsfeld didn't get the big money. Tommy Franks apparently is going to get $5 million. Oh. Uh, and other people are getting millions. Apparently, Rumsfeld is in the six figures. So, so the wow, way, so like maybe seven fifty or something, or maybe five hundred. Bum sounds deal, like it. bum deal. Well, the guy's but, a billionaire, but anyway. they probably he was probably worked by this, so they probably put all these little. You got to do this, you got to do that, because we don't think your book's going to do very well, and make him go on the road to get his five hundred thousand back. Right. Well, there's more. I'm sorry, I've, I should have clipped out the the Mexico stuff, but he comes back to uh, to Karzai in, in an interesting way. That's what I think. On the other hand, there's there's an optimistic side. No, come in, on. Uh, yes, in the year 2000, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you. In the yeah. year 2000, Colombia, the yeah. FARC, was we won there, but they had a charismatic leader who was willing I'm, to go in. I'm coming to that. Yeah, we don't have time for the. Well, the whole but Uribe thing. did a whale of a job down he there. He did. And, and but Calderon, why doesn't he just declare martial law and let the army take care of the cartels? That's the solution to his problem. They've had a series of leaders in that country that have been corrupt, in like Karzai. Come on. <laughs> right. You don't know that. I oh, we got pretty good information. No, it's, right. it's maybe someone in his family. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Whoa, like his brother. <laughs> maybe someone in his family. You know, this Rumsfeld, Rumsfeld he's a war criminal. He's a total dick bar. That's what he is, a dick bar. Whatever that is. It's oh, you don't, know about the, you don't know about the dick bar? No. Oh, the dick bar is trending. Oh, you haven't what heard this? It? Oh, this is funny. So, the, you know the new CEO of Twitter? His name is Dick... Uh, what's his name? Look it up. Dick something or other. So, they released a new version of the Twitter uh, app, which, by the way, a version 3.3, I might point out. Just a little magic number for you. And what it does now is, at the top, it it has a bar, which is the trending bar, it folds down over what you're reading to Dick show Dick Costello? Yes, Dick Costello. No, Dick Costolo. Yeah, Costolo, whatever. Dick. So Dick. it it's now now do a search for Dick Bar. So Dick Bar? Dick Bar, B A R. So this bar folds down, it's the trending bar and it's and of course it's always like Charlie Sheen, you know, Bieber, Gaga. And everyone hates it. You know, because these are the promoted tweets. So it's an advertising play. So this thing hasn't been uh, been dubbed the Dick Bar. <laughs> Can you imagine a CEO and and they released this because he, he promised all these great features? I was like, this sucks. It totally blows. People are like restoring their. their- I don't know. I still use version one. I don't like these new versions. Right. So it's the Dick Bar. Okay. I like it. I think it's. I think it's funny. I should have known this. Well, you'd think. Yeah, well, you know, so I, this is how I find out a lot of stuff. By listening to me. People tell me. I was, um, I watched the, the West, Wing, West Wing Week again. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the title of it was Green Eggs and Governors. Uh, you don't want to know why. I know why, because uh, Seuss had his 150th birthday or something, even though he's dead. Right, right, exactly. Which is, I mean, if you want to trip some kids out, you know, and these are all like five, six-year-olds, you know, read them some Dr. Seuss. I mean, it's like, whoa, it's psychedelia, psychedelia stuff. But uh, when you look at this video of the West Wing Week, wherever the president goes, you know who's walking right next to him with that arrogant head? Valerie Jarrett. Everywhere he goes, she is next to him. 
on the plane. She's sitting next to him. I literally saw there was a dais, and it was. Think they're having an affair? No, I don't. No, she's her hand. She's his handler. She does everything. Um, there's the president in the middle, uh, Vice President O'Biden uh, on the right, and on the left, Valerie Jarrett. Who is, she's not an official. She's you know the the the, the uh, president's most trusted advisor, slumlord from Chicago. I'm getting real sick of seeing her around, and I think someone should call her on this. This is. You know, it's okay if you're the president's advisor, but you, know, you can't be sitting on the dais. What's she doing, footsies and, you know, like communicating and whispering to him what to say? No one questions this. I know. You're the only one. And I'm sick of it. It really sickens me. This woman's face sickens me. It's sickening. Sickening, sickening, sickening. Pet peeve. Play it. I don't see Curry's pet peeve of the day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So I have, uh, before we get to our, our donation thing. Uh, Did I ran time into, already? Oh, yeah. Time I'm getting there. Yeah. So I have a, uh, there was a very funny, uh, bringing back, you know, one of our classic memes, the train's good, plane's bad. Oh, everybody. I'm glad that you said that. All aboard, train's good, plane's bad. Woo-hoo! Yeah, there's a lot going on with trains and planes. Well, this is my favorite one. This is the end of a segment on the Today Show, and then there's the teaser, and then I'll explain what they actually did. I, I didn't record the whole thing. I just have the teaser, but you, you'll get a clue if you play this. Uh, plane uh, play the, uh, you can catch the series premiere of America's mm. Next Great Restaurant. Right. It's this Sunday, 8, 7 Central, right here on Where, Bob? NBC. Right. Up next, the precautions <laughs> you should take to avoid picking up germs on your next flight. But first, this is today on NBC. Thanks so much. Yeah. So they bring. Yeah, no, I saw this. I saw this. Oh, so they bring in his expert about germs. Germs on, on the, the plane. plane. Remember the bed bug story? The bed bugs on the plane. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, now yeah. it's and but the, what I thought was great about this the set. Were two plane seats that Laura and no. some and the other woman sat in, <laughs> and a couple other plane. There were plane seats. There were prop plane seats, <laughs> and they Perfect. were sitting in these things, talking about all the germs, germs. that are all over these seats. Yeah, and if you, you lift get the yourself thing, you're gonna some get germs, germs, germs. germs. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, uh, a man uh, was able to take a pair of box cutters onto a jet blue plane at JFK. Now. Of all the things the TSA should not be letting through, I'd have to say box cutters pretty high since the last time the uh, terrorists had box cutters. They brought down uh, not one, not two, but three buildings in free fall speed. Uh, so, you know, how did they find the box cutters after the fact? Uh, well, that's a good... Well, it's a plant. I think how they found there's... Yeah, it's Hill, a plant. Hill, it's an obvious plant. Hill and Nolton, more security. Hill and Knowlton released a uh, press release. The box cutters fell out of the passenger's carry-on luggage as he was stowing it in an overhead compartment on flight 837 to Santiago. What a coincidence. Yeah. How much stuff falls out of your storage, you know, your carry-on luggage ever? Let me think. And why would it be the box cutters? Let me think. Uh, Zero. Police evacuated the flight and questioned the passenger. Who said he used oh, the that box? That must have been inconvenient. Who said that he used the box cutters for his work and had forgotten to take them out of his bag? What's his job? Uh, let me see if it says here. Um, oh. uh, it doesn't. Three screeners will be disciplined and sent for remedial training for failing to spot the box cutters. Are you shitting me? Disciplined? How about we? You know, if you really buy into the the whole thing about nine eleven. 
then they should be drawn and quartered and hung in public. They've endangered perhaps the lives of thousands. <laughs> Remedial training. Nah. Yeah, and, 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 while we're, and while we're on that, uh, we, we can't fail to mention, because now everyone's talking about it, uh, these documents that have surfaced that Homeland Security uh, was looking into covert body scans. You read about these documents, didn't you, John? It's even in USA Today now. Please tell me, tell yeah. me if you've read about this. Well, I have a clip. Ooh. I made the mistake of listening to two or three versions. I mean, because I guess she came back to it a couple of times of Napolitano talking before uh, Congress. Oh, Lucy. Lucy's up there. And by the way, she also did a shut up slave thing, which I have as a clip I'll play later. Uh, but that issue came up with one of the f- pandering, horrible uh, women uh, Congress people. Uh, it, she kind of mentioned it in passing about, and it's all it, this testimony involves securing. This is all about the budget, right? You know how they need more money, and uh, this. So is wait about a minute. So you you watched this on C-SPAN, did you not? Yeah, C-SPAN. Oh my, this is a long one too because I watched. Uh, I gave up on this one. Hoping, because I watched the Clinton thing last week, two and a half hours, yeah, well, and I started is... with Napolitano, and I was just like, I, I, I wanted to go hang, I wanted to literally jump in the bathtub and pull in the toaster. Yeah, well, I figured I had to make it up. Oh, since good you, job. You, good you, job. You, you tolerated that Clinton thing, which I couldn't take. Yeah, all right, so you got some Lucy clips. I got cool. a couple Lucy things, cool. but the securing the cities is one of them, and this one here, I, it, I didn't know this was even going on, and she also mentions the portable, the woman, the congresswoman, thinks it's a great idea. That they have these portable units so they can just basically be checking us as we're walking this is, down the street. Uh, this is Viper. This is the Viper stuff, right? I guess. Viper. But I just never mentioned. Viper. we got cool acronyms. We're Viper. We're here to scan you, slave. Changes needed to effectuate that. Fabulous. And just in closing. Um, Did she just say fabulous? Fabulous. She said fabulous. <laughs> she just said fabulous. Fabulous, Lucy. I love your answer. Or changes needed to effectuate that. Fabulous. And just in closing, uh, Madam Secretary, under the continuing resolution, DNDO would lose $20 million for the acquisition, uh, for acquisition this fiscal year. I'm coming around to the issue of securing the cities and how this would impact uh, uh Securing the cities, human portable detectors, and other deployments. Can you- <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We don't want to secure our borders because a fence is a bad idea, but we want to secure our cities with human portable detectors? Wow. Oh, my goodness. Share that with us, please. Share uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, the budget um, for DNDO would... would aff- what is DNDO? Uh, I have to look it up. It's, it's some... Don't know, some- don't observe? <laughs> See something, say something. Hold on. D, D, and D. We got to know this before we get yeah, continue. We See something. See oh, something. Domestic Nuclear Detection Office. Oh, nukes. DNDO. Yeah. Nukes. Oh, of course. Remember, wag the dog. Suitcase nuke. Suitcase nuke. Nukes. DNDO. See something, say something. Woo! Suitcase nukes. Uh, domestic nuclear detection. Yes, uh, the budget um, for DNDO would would affect both of those things. And as as I noted in my opening statement, um, we have asked for money in the FY12 budget to not only con- continue securing the cities but to add to it. The time the generally has expired. I would add that within the CIOC, securing the cities is protected. I believe we can discuss that. I discussed that with the secretary uh, before, and we will. 
Uh, yes, I was referring to the, dete the other detective. Oh, yeah, the other detective. With I was respect to the city's CR, detectives. Um, yeah. but, but it is true that in the FY12 budget, securing the cities right. is sustained, and right. we, we want to add another city to it. Yes, yeah, so let me just say that uh, we've got the domestic nuclear... The they want to add another city. And what cities city. are secured? Yeah, so they're all secure, because, you know, I just got to have the asteroid 12 budget. you got to have more shit out there. Oops. I just... It's, you know, it's 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 revolting, and I did. I watched. I, mean, I tuned out when I heard her say something to the effect of, "Well, you know, uh, we could talk about that in uh, not an open forum. But we have to do that in Mars. Oh, here's shedding. the one. That's the one you're talking about. Is this clip? Which is this is I found to be the most offensive thing I've ever heard. And this is Pat Meehan, a Republican, a Republican, mind you, from Pennsylvania, who is essentially dressed down by Napolitano, and he did nothing. He should have said, look, I'm supposed to be questioning you. You're is not this, supposed to be questioning me. shut up me. slaves? If you've got, yes. Yeah. If you've got a problem with the GAO report because they're saying too many things out of school, out of class. Shut up. You talk to them. Yeah. But meanwhile, she tells him to shut up. And he just puts up with this guy should be voted out. Anybody who lives in Pennsylvania has this wimp as a congressman should be ashamed of themselves for voting him in office. Thank you, gentlemen. The uh, chair recognizes the gentleman from Pennsylvania, the chairman of this uh, counterterrorism subcommittee, Mr. Meehan, for three minutes. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you, Madam Secretary, for being with us here again for your extensive preparation. Thank you for all your service. Preparation. <laughs> Uh, I, among many in Washington in the last 48 hours, have been uh, with those who have been uh, sort of dog-earing the most recent report from GAO. Uh, it was a pretty tough challenge. Uh, GAO, General Accounting Accountability Office. Accountability, yeah. They're the ones who do or the watchdogs. Yeah, those are the guys that say, hey, this really sucks, and everyone says, <laughs> right? Yeah. And the reports are like, the press doesn't read them. And no. if they do, they don't report on them because they're compromised. Uh, that's important to know because not everyone lives in Gitmo Nation. Many parts of government, including in our own backyard here, as we all collectively look at the issue of, of homeland security, they were looking at overlap and fragmentation among government programs. But, but a particular area, uh, the area of bioterrorism, and I... And I Mustard gas! Quote from the report, uh, at least five departments, eight agencies, and more than two dozen presidential appointees oversee $6.48 billion related to bioterrorism. Mm -hmm. And if you go deeper into it, um, it, it says at one point, there's no broad integrated national strategy that encompasses all stakeholders with biodefense responsibilities. This is on the front end with respect to systematically identifying risk, assessing resources needed, needed to address that risk, and then prioritizing and allocating the investment. So that goes to sort of our preparedness for an event. It then says that there's no national plan to coordinate federal, state, and local efforts following a bioterror event, and the United States lacks the technical and operational capabilities required for an adequate response. That's a tough accusation for all of us who share a concern about this issue. And I know you represent just... Okay, no, no, let's just uh, summarize. What did he just actually say? 
He said, for one thing, we, we're spending $6.48 billion on a bunch of agencies that are involved some way, shape, or form in bio, bioterrorism. That includes 12 specific czars or some sort of Obama appointees, and they're not coordinated. Nobody knows what it, the other guys are doing. It's a waste of money. What can we do about it is what he's trying to ask her. Okay. One of the multiple agencies, but this is a big challenge. For all of us in government, how do we begin to look at this incredible problem? This is a canary in a coal mine, in my mind, right now. How do we begin to look at the issue of a national strategy and get that focal point, go across the multiple agencies, but not only be better with our resources in terms of fiscally responsible, but deal with the issue of appropriate preparedness and response? Uh, Representative, uh, well, first of all... Uh, this is great. Representative, did you hear that, John? When she oh, really yeah. clenches up, and she's really pissed off. Representative. Mr. Representative. All right, yeah. I'm going to roll that back. Representative. Um, if, if I might suggest something for the committee to consider, and that is uh, I don't think it's overall helpful for GAO reports uh, that, that are allegedly pointing out alleged vulnerabilities <laughs> to be put out in an unclassified format. I think that's a problem, and I think I've referenced it several times. Uh, I would respectfully ask the Congress to really look at that, uh, but you, for obvious reasons. Um, secondly, uh, the, the issue of bio... Uh, it ends there. She goes on, and she never answers the question. She but, just but, tells... But, but what she says is, well, it's, just, it's, you know, it's like you're meddling in my affairs, you're in my department, and I don't think it's helpful for these alleged GAO reports with alleged allegations, allegations, not alleged allegeds. Why is she using the word alleged? Is she worrying about being sued? No, what she's saying. I mean, that's what that, you, you don't use the word. Only people that use the word alleged are journalists who don't have all the facts, and they say, and they just talk about accusations, and they use the word alleged well, that's to kind of cover why she, themselves from being sued. No, what what no, is no. she worrying she's about? She's using she it. This? She's using it to call it a lie. She's saying it's alleged, which means it's not based on truth. That's yeah, why well, she's that's what she's it. trying to yeah, do. But yeah. the fact of the matter is she told the guy to shut up, slave. Yeah. You know, exactly, before we move on to the next uh, Lucy clip, a little, uh, let me bring another one of these biatches, Kathleen Sebelius, who is uh, the, uh, she's, uh, she's the Secretary of uh, Health and Human Services. And uh, so we got, she's in Congress. It's all about the budget, right? And so, so there's some guys, and this guy, I forget who it is. We'll probably get his name in a minute. He says, wait a minute, you are double counting, because he also has the reports, and it says uh, she's cutting $500 billion and she's using it to uh, save Medicare, but in another uh, budget item, she's using the same $500 billion to uh, uh, kickstart the Obamacare program. And he's saying, that can't be. You can't have it both ways, and she gets befuddled. And uh, listen to her, what, she, what her answer is. And this guy is, is angry. And, of course, uh, you know, the clock runs out. It's like, finally, we get to some good meat. Then it's like, you have 26 seconds left. And then she's just waiting. I think she tried to run out the clock like it's basketball or something. <laughs> you know, she, like, tried to run it out. And then, it, oh, yeah, time's up. On to the next question. Just shut up, everybody. Who cares what she just said? But she's on the, she's sweating on this one. It's great to see the video. So there is a, there is an issue here on the budget because your own actuary has said you can't double count you can't count 500 
they're, they're attacking Medicare on the CR when their bill, your law, cut $500 billion in Medicare. Then you're also using the same $500 billion to what? Say you're funding health care. Your own actuary says you can't do both. So my simple question, I have 20 se 26 seconds left. What's the $500 billion cuts for? Preserving Medicare or funding health care law? Which is it? So the Affordable Care Act adds 12 years to the Medicare Trust Fund, according to every actuary, and the $500 billion represents a slowdown in the growth rate of Medicare over 10 years from sure. what was projected at 8% to a growth oh, so rate we, is it of Medicare? Is it using it to save Medicare or using it to fund health care reform? Which one? Both. <laughs> Gentlemen, so you're double counting. I yield back my time. Gentlemen's time. <laughs> Both. 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 And she looks disheveled on this one too. Her glasses are off. You know, her <laughs> collar's open. You know, she's it's both. <laughs> it, it'll work. I'm telling you, both. What happened to like doing it just like the American family, according to our president? You know, we got to do it. We ran to ran up the credit card too much. We got to do it just like the American families do it. Crazy. This so budget got, thing has been very, very funny, though. All the doublespeak is just crazy. Yeah, it, these guys, are, it's obvious that this budget is ridiculous. I mean, there's money just just being squandered. So anyway, so Dan Quayle's kid. Dan Quayle, who, of course, is the CEO and chairman of uh, the, uh, what's the three-headed dog company? I don't know. Yeah, I can't it's, the, it's the biggest, You're following the biggest the blood hedge, company. The, no, the biggest hedge fund. They own all the military contractors. Come on, what's the name of the, the, the three-headed dog that guards the gates to hell? I can't remember. Eh, come on, uh, three Come on, I mean, it's not even at the tip of my tongue. Dog guards gates Hell to... Dog Ventures, I have no, no idea. No, it's a big, Cerberus. Yeah, there you go. Which owns a lot. Well, anyway, so Dan Quayle, who's a former vice president's kid, is a congressman in Arizona. And I just thought there was an interesting gaffe. See, if you can spot it. He's uh, grilling Napolitano in the same long uh, hearing. Well, he's there, just, he's there just to make sure that his dad's uh, companies uh, yeah, get, no, get all their all, military yeah, sure, funding. Yeah. Oh, come on, this is the like billions of dollars involved. Yeah, yeah. But she makes a very interesting flub here. See if you can spot it. You can stop the tape after you spot it or you can listen to the spot rest Spot the of flub. This is a Lucy flub, right? Yeah. Spot the flub. All right, here we go. Uh, the gentleman uh, Was that it? From Arizona, Mr. Quayle is recognized for three minutes. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman, and uh, thank you, Madam Secretary, for coming here. There's been a lot of talk, I think, in this <laughs> talk with the budget of 12. He's just like Dad, isn't he? <laughs> um, about the CR that just that just went through the House. What is a CR? Uh, let's look it up. Congressional report? I think so, but let's make sure. Well, I'll play while yeah. it, it's got to be a yeah, I'm, I'm spotting this love. We'll be going through the Senate and coming back probably. But uh, one of the focuses in both the media and here this afternoon has been what effects it's going to have on securing the southwest border. And I just wanted to uh, kind of give a little lay of the land of how this this CR is going because from my looking at it is going to be adding more border agents. <laughs> I'm sorry. According to the chat room, it's consumer reports. <laughs> They're passing consumer reports through the through Congress. Not decreasing more border agents is increased funds for CBP by $147.9 million over what it was for fiscal year 10, which was an increase compared to what the administration 
fiscal year 11 request was. It also provides $550 million for fencing infrastructure. It's a continuing resolution. Ah, that's right. And technology, $57.8 million for ICE to maintain new southwest border hires and no fewer than 33,400 detention. This guy knows his, he knows exactly what it is because his dad's company is like going to be providing a lot of these services. Do you see how much he knows about it? Yeah, he knows quite a bit. And by the way, you kind of stepped right on top of the real interesting one. Well, hold on. Let me go back then. 33,000 beds. Ah, oh my God. I missed the magic number. And technology, $57.8 million for ICE to maintain new southwest border hires and no fewer than 33,400 detention beds. It also includes $60 million for Operation Stone Garden, which is the same as fiscal year 10. Operation Stone Garden? The heck is that? that Was was a stone garden or stone gutter? Or stone garter. I don't know. Now, in going forward with with the CR and then also with the uh, fiscal 12, what... In terms of priorities, do you think that we should be focusing on for the southwest west border? Is it more technology, more border patrol agents? Um, which do you think is m- most important in that regard? <laughs> well, first of all, um, I think uh, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. The chat room. Is, it's Operation Soundgarden. <laughs> you guys are crazy. By the way, she, she, you might want to start her over because she just stammers. Uh, yeah, because uh, she's uh, blown away because he's like, oh, crap, this, this twerp, this jabroni. Fiddlesticks, just give me the money. Regard. Well, first of all, um, I think uh, uh, there's uh. a lot of... I really don't can't agree with the, the, the laydown you gave of the of the facts in terms of how they really affect funding for the southwest border. And President Quayle will be glad to get with you after this hearing because uh, time is precious. But I think even Senator oh, time is precious. We got no time to answer your question. Kyle yesterday put out uh, an article uh, expressing concern about HR one and how it affects the. Did you forces. did you miss the gaffe? I didn't hear it. Don't say anything. Let me listen to it again. Precious, but I think even Senator Kyle yesterday put out uh, an article uh, expressing concern about H.R. 1 and how it affects... No, no. It's earlier. Oh, oh, oh. The, the laydown you gave of the, of the facts in terms of how they really affect funding for the southwest border. And President Quayle will be glad to get... President Quayle. <laughs> President Quayle. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, I, I missed that. That's pretty funny. President Quayle. So that's a double gaffe. Because he was a vice president, not a president. Yeah, president Quayle. Well, you know what? But this is because this is the hierarchy. Uh, in, he might as well be President Quayle because he's royalty. He's related to Vice President Dan Quayle, which is it, irrelevant that he was vice president. The guy runs Cerberus, which is the biggest company. This is where Lucy hopes to end up after she's done. She's got to have a job, and she's going to go right into one of the Cerberus companies. This this revolving door is exactly how it works. Uh, in fact, uh, before we and we really need to start thanking some people about uh, you know for the giving levels, but from the uh, Shadow Puppet Theater Department, it's just unbelievable what reports came out uh, this week. More than one hundred and thirty top congressional staffers are former lobbyists, and when you see this list, which is uh, open secrets. Yeah, well, well, hold on a second. Stop the presses. Didn't Obama promise 
to get elected, he made a promise to the public, the entire the American public, that this was he wasn't going to hire a bunch of lobbyists in his administration. He was going to hire professors and people that knew stuff. You can take that to the bank. Yeah. No, he promised a lot of stuff. But, uh, you know, why call him on it? Uh, you know, because Charlie Sheen's got his corner going. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it. Go look at go look at all the names in the show notes, noagendashow.com, or shutupslaves.com, which is uh, another, uh, another place you can uh, find us. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, we're going long today, buddy. Uh, Chad Edmonds in Rochester, New York. Uh, My name is Chad. I was born in 1984, and I'm turning 27 on Sunday, March 6th. These facts mean I'm obliged to donate $111.11 towards show 284 for the good karma is my first donation. Thank you very much, Chad. I'm a student, read poor, but do not worry. I procured this extra bit of cash from the government. And what a better way to use government currency than donating to no agenda after all. As Mr. Curry will recognize, money demands that you sell not that you sell not your weakness to men's stupidity, but your talent to the reason it demands that you buy not the shoddiest they offer, but the best that money can find. What could that be from? Uh, Atlas <laughs> by Ayn uh, Rand. Yeah, brother. <laughs> Walked right into that one. Yes, thanks, Chad. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Uh, Chad Clevenger, or Clevenger, but it's Clevenger, Sterling, Virginia, $111.11, my 60th birthday, March 5th, so I donate $111.11 in hopes of getting some good karma for the next year. Absolutely. You've got karma. I'm proud to be a founding producer. Can't find the page, by the way. We have a founding producer's page. we got to figure out where it is. Still a long way from knighthood, but we'll continue to work on it. I've never had cable or satellite still in... Outdoor antenna, by the way, your HD TV is best through uh, direct uh, outdoor antenna. I'm pretty sure we have uh, com. There's a found that we. I made sure that that was there on the new page. Well, we'll we'll check it out and report on it later. I so I don't see span. I only watch the network news for weather reports. Since I get real news from No Agenda, of course. Thank you for all you do. Uh, Dave Cleven, Cleven, Clevenger, Clevenger. That's why I said Clevenger. Yeah, it's it's uh, there, by the way. It's the sustaining producers page, and it's uh, it's right there. And uh, his name was what was his name again? Clevenger. David Clevenger. Yeah, it's not on there. Uh, let me just check. Huh? I don't see him on there. That's interesting. Well, we'll get we'll get on that, man, for sure. Parth Modi, Naperville, Illinois, hundred eleven dollars eleven cents. Chris Abraham, Arlington, Virginia. My birthday is on March eighth. I will be forty one and pausing my cross country business trip adventure and heading back to Washington D.C. inside the Beltway to be with my friends. I consider no agenda. And you cool kids, part of the Chris Abraham family. Woohoo! Uh, so uh, I am much I, obliged. Can I, can I kiss um, your sister? My life is 33 and a third percent better with John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry two times a week. We'd love some karma. 33.3% is the exact number, I believe. You've got karma. 33.33. And finally, Raymond Port, uh, $111. And those are people, by the way, you might want to explain how this works, Adam, the $111 donation. Well, first of all, Raymond Port, is uh, he sent a a whole email that, uh, hmm... Interesting that that's not in the uh, in the spreadsheet here. Might but be long. He's a big D, he's a big DSC fan, and 
uh, I hooked him up with a couple things. Uh, I met his wife, or before before you know, she was a a flight a flight attendant on the KLM. You know, with those price fixing airlines. Oh, you read about? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, thank you very much, Raymond. Appreciate it. Ooh, ooh. Paul Alvis in Toronto, Ontario, 6666. My second donation, can I be de-douched? You've been de-douched. Alves. Alves. Paul Alves. And then Dean Dvorak. Chill. In Strongsville, Ohio. Is he related? Is he related? Long, uh, who knows? He could be. But uh, he uh, ridiculed me for not being able to pronounce the word Dvorak. $56. Huh. Uh, Richard Henderson. He was just joking, of course, because yes. I, you know, I right. get it. Yeah. Huh. And, he, and then he had the idea how to pronounce Dean. <laughs> right. Richard Henderson knew. This is a typical Dvorak, so he must be related. Uh, Richard Henderson knew Westminster, British Columbia, Canada. Hooray. Gentlemen, I've only been listening to Jenna for a few weeks now. I was turned on to the show by a couple of friends who have previously donated Jeff Juniper and Justin Cohen. I love the show. I wish more people really paid attention to what was happening in the world. I'm stocking up on silver coins and shotgun shells for when it comes to sh- all right goes on. to shit. Right yeah. on. Right on. Uh, Justin called me out as a douchebag for not donating, so here's my double nickels on the dime if you gentlemen kind of de-douche me. You've been de-douched. He also needs some karma. He's been trying to hire... Yeah, I could have. I could have done a double shot. I, I wasn't thinking clearly. Right. Trying to call, uh, hire a couple of decent tech writers at my work. Ninety-nine percent of these open mouth breathers can't spell or write for the life of them. Send me some decent people. Thanks again. The show is fantastic. I'm sure we got some people here. I would listen to the show. Could write. Yeah, but they don't live in BC. In New Westminster, not Minister. Sir J. Gauthier, Flint, Michigan, in the morning curry. In the morning, Dvorak, I'm sending double nickels on the dime because I've had a beef with John. On the last show, I donated $111 due to my birthday formula, which Adam will explain. And as for some karma, however, the karma was apparently bunk. What? John misread the name of my podcast, so I've been duped into donating again to rectify this error. I've been Dvorak'd. Perhaps some more <laughs> karma and a proper mention of my drunken podcast will make me feel better. The Zero well, Cast podcast. Well, hold on. In, in John's defense, when he read yeah, the name of your podcast, he was drunk. <laughs> I Z- wish. Zero Cast podcast at gmail.com. Well, that makes no sense. Well, try I think he's, dr- he's still drunk. The Zero, Zero Cast podcast. <laughs> Figure out. Yeah. Google it. You've got karma. Uh, and Raymond comes in again with another fifty-one fifty. I know he. he yeah, I think he, he gave us like two hundred bucks or something like that. He ended yeah. out his PayPal, and he uh, appreciated. Raymond's hey, a good well, guy. Let's move him up to associate executive producer if he's got the money. Alan Bose, Sir Alan Bose. I'm sorry, Langley, but not Langley, Virginia. Langley, British Columbia. Hi guys. A few months back, when John was reading out my note about distribution of no agenda business cards, he offhandedly said, "Am I in trouble?" <laughs> offhandedly said that I should send him them adrift in bottles. I did. Well, as luck would have it, my daughter and I were walking around the back of a ship in the Caribbean when a wine bottle became empty with the fate like this. I had no choice but to insert a no agenda card and chuck it into the ocean. One more guaranteed listener coming up. <laughs> some Who's dude some dude on an island with no on internet. An island. With no what? internet. <laughs> if only I had a net connection. 
Matthew and Nicole, Brooklyn, New York. I John and donating to wish my friend Brian Rogers a happy birthday. Hopefully my one cent is enough to beat out my buddy Pete, who I know is also donating for Brian's birthday on the morning to you all. Matt, Nicole. Which he didn't, by the way. I didn't see Pete's no, donation. No. Uh, Andrew Schmidt, Atlas, Pennsylvania, $50. James Real, uh, Brooklyn, New York. Please mention Brian Rogers. Oh, wait, there oh, he there is. there it is, right. Uh, it says, I guess his name is Pete. Is, uh, <laughs> James is not, James is now known as Pete. Yeah, <laughs> Pete so he Real. turned into a no agenda fan. Is always pretty much a good guy. So, so we, Brian Rogers gets a call out. Do we have him on the list? Yes, we do. Mark McLenna, Watertown, Connecticut. ITM John and Adam. No agenda is my dose of reality in this world. It's moving too fast. I want to ask Adam for his on. <laughs> I like Adam for his honesty. Or I want to thank him for his honesty. And John, you are the voice of reason. Absolutely, you guys are the perfect balance. My wife, Sue, could really use some karma. All right. For a girl named Sue, here it comes. You've got karma. That's right. I, I like the fact that he realizes that I'm, that I'm honest and you're just a voice of reason. Yeah, which is <laughs> not very entertaining. No. <laughs> Mike, Sir Mike Westerfield, $50, and Nichelle Moore, another female listener. Thank you very hey. much. And Nightdale, North Carolina, $50 also. Thanks for everybody who donated. We want to encourage people to join the 285 Club, and I would like to ask especially new listeners to jump right in and you know, give us a nice 285 and get into the executive producer suite with us. Thank you very much. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. So go to the show. Nah, hold on. We got more to do. First, we got to do the birthdays. Chad Edmonds turns 27th uh, today. Happy birthday. David Clevenger, or Clevenger, 60 uh, is what he turned yesterday. We're happy to have you on board. The No Agenda family. Chris Abrams, 41st birthday on March 8th. And Matthew Nicole and James, uh, better known as Pete Real, uh, say happy birthday to Brian Rogers. And I would like to say happy birthday to my sister, Willow Curry, a $5 a month uh, donor, not a boner to the No Agenda show up there in Italy. Uh, her birthday was yesterday as well. Happy birthday from John, Adam, and all your friends here at No Agenda. And yeah, so uh, uh, John stepped on the birthday music, but... Uh, well, I was just going to say the noagendanation.com slash donators or slash NA, and you can also get there if you can't get on the Dvorak.org site. Yeah, because uh, you're blocked by Russians. Dvorak.org slash NA. You're blocked by the Chinese. Ooh, I almost cut myself. You got your... Uh... Hold on. Ugh. Yeah. No. Ooh. Okay. Let's see. Here we go. It's a new one. Robert Wilcher and Vernon White. Please step forward. We've got an ironic situation today, John. Vernon White is a black knight, which I think is just poetic White justice. is black. That's right. The new white is black. Thanks to your giving levels, which have uh, totaled up to $1,000 for the support of the No Agenda Show. The only way we can receive support is through your donations. We knight be both. Sir Robert Wilshire and Sir Vernon White, black knight, in the order of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please head on over to the roundtable. Enjoy your hookers and blow. Or Rent Boys and Chardonnay, depending on what your preference is. We've got it all here. And uh, the rings have been ordered, I'm reliably informed. Yeah, they'll be coming shortly. We should have them uh, in everyone's hands by April. That's so awesome. Or in April, I'm very. I I am personally very excited about this. The way it works is... uh, And these are not cheap jack rings. We had saved money, set aside money to make... Because we have a a good number of nights. So everyone's going to get one. Posthumously, <laughs> po- pos- pos- <laughs> <You're> not dead. <laughs> post nightedly, post nightedly, 
and uh, and they're they're good looking rings, and it's in uh, mirror. The, the the writing on it is isn't it the Imelora? It's reverse, yeah. So yeah. it's a signet ring, so you can right. So, and so so we have little insignia, and then we have hit him in the mouth in Latin. Is that the? Uh, I believe that's what it says. Right. So when you actually hit someone in the mouth, it'll uh, write it. You'll be able to. Everyone will be able to read uh, what it says if they also speak Latin. Um, you can also press it into candle wax and stuff, and you know you can mark your ecstasy ceiling tablets. wax. We're going to have ceiling wax. Actually, Eric is going <laughs> to enclose some ceiling wax. Really, that's going to come with it. It's like yeah, a, so I really? think so. And so he's going to you take a candle, you drop a couple of gobs on your envelope, then you punch your ring into that thing. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, and and please continue to support this program. Um, this is the kind of giving level, level we like to see. So if you're a, a boner, not a donor, consider stepping up to the plate. As John said, the 285 Club is a pretty good deal because uh, it's something very exclusive. And, of course, anyone who gets the official credits on the show can put that uh, uh, on the resume. Uh, unlike Hollywood, the phonies in Hollywood will actually vouch for you. Um, and you uh, support the tedious and mind-numbing task that we, and John did it uh, again for you, uh, we watch all the C-SPAN to bring you the actual news that is really happening that, uh, of course, the mainstream media is uh, has no time to uh, report on because they're too busy tracking Char- Charlie Sheen. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I've been, there's a lot of uh, vaccine news uh, that has been cropping up. Uh, and yeah, this, I think it's a, another developing meme. They're trying to take another run at the public with, uh, you know, getting people vaccinated for all sorts of things. Well, so, I, of course, I, I need to remind everybody that uh, we've been tracking this for several years. In 2008, 2009, all the pharmaceutical companies, uh, all the CEOs at all of the big analyst conferences, these are like the J.P. Morgan and uh, uh, even the Goldman Sachs, they you know, have a medical conference, and it's basically to get people to, inv- you know, uh, institutional investors to invest in the pharmaceutical companies. And, and- Yes, and I want to. I think that you you brought that about two years ago. You did read from one of the PowerPoint presentations of, of, from one of these companies talking about how they're going to make so much money on this vaccine deal. Yeah, it's going to be a bonanza. I would like you to find that and do it again because I think a lot of our new listeners need to be you know because we're not full of crap here when we're talking about some of this stuff. Well, I'll do two things. I will I will get the quote from the actual show where we talked about it uh, in two thousand. It's at nine or eight, maybe even eight. But 2009 for sure. I'll get the actual show that we talked about it, and uh, and I'll look at some of the newer reports. But they were uh, predicting billions of dollars, and the reason why there's two couple of reasons. One is the regulations for uh, vaccines are almost non-existent. You don't really have to test it the way it is with uh, medication, and there's no liability. Well, no, the government has all governments around the world apparently have said, oh, you know, we need the vaccines. You know, you, and, and in the United States, the Supreme Court just ruled that you cannot sue the pharmaceutical company. The Supreme Court ruled that. So it's a, you know, we, they could be shooting you up with gasoline for all I care. It, it could be water. It could be anything. It doesn't matter. They, they can't, you can't sue them if it, um, if it hurts you. And, of course, it's great because you're giving something to people who aren't sick. I mean, does it get any better than that, John? I mean, if, if you could give someone financial advice, you know, without, without people needing it, <laughs> it's like, I've got no money. Well, you're going to take my financial advice anyway. Yeah, no, you're going to no, pay me. Well, you're going to pay me for it. So they're giving medicines to people or whatever it is they put in there, formaldehyde and, you know, and, and viruses, to people who don't need it. Now, if you watch television at all, in these United States of Gitmo, 
Everything is sponsored by pharmaceutical companies. Everything. Now, they uh, they don't. Ha- I have not seen a lot of television commercials for vaccinations, but I'm sure that's on the way. Of course, at the retail level, this is everywhere. Walgreens, you know, uh, all the all the the Rite Aid, everywhere. Come in, get your get your shot today. And it's not just flu shot. It's whooping cough. It's all kinds of vaccinations. They, at retail level, it's a, it's big. They're already out there. They're promoting it. So the way that they get this into the thinking, they need to indoctrinate people. And they do this through uh, PR companies. Of course, one of them would be Hill and Knowlton. That's with the K, the Knowlton part. And they, they go to the same networks where they're advertising all their other stuff. And they say, hey, I think you should run this story. Now, the, John, let me ask you a question. If, if this program were sponsored by Johnson & Johnson or Pfizer... And, and we're, you know, we're making millions of dollars rolling out their commercials. And they say, hey, we've got this little study, this, you know, this thing that's really important, you know, this breaking news. It's a study. I mean, it's scientific. It's a study. It's, you know, we've got science. 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 Uh, could you just do this story? What would we have to say? Yeah. Going to say, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, I guess so. We got no choice. We got no choice but to do it. So, AB- now, of course, you know, they, they like that. I mean, I, you know, we, one of the things people who listen to the show long enough know that we're actually media people. We've been in the media one way, shape, or form on various levels. Eat both, both Maybe the lowest or, rung of show business, well, but I was there. Some of it said, well, show business, it, it is lowest, but when it comes to media in general, we, I think we have as good a chops as anybody. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is we know how, kind of how it works, and, the, and it does trickle down from occasionally with some you know there's somebody who you won't you're not going to be let's put it this way you're working for nbc nbc is owned by take, general electric well, take, take abc abc is a little better abc is owned by disney right abc well, a- a- abc news the new president of abc news this 41 year old kid whose sister happens to be special advisor to President Obama, whose entire campaign was financed by insurance companies, pharmaceutical companies, and banks. Yeah, go on, John. The point is, is that when when the boss says, you know, you even when you're not being told by the boss to do something. It's apparent. You kind of know not to do it, or I mean, that's why you don't see, you know, breakout reports about corruption in General Electric or the stock is worthless or anything like that on any of the NBC stations. Uh, you might run into that listening to Dvorak Horowitz, and because we've reported on some various newsletters, have talked about General Electric not being the world's most secure company. But you're never going to hear that on NBC because you're not going to. You don't want to get fired. These are high-paying jobs and in a good environment, and you're just not going to get good news because they can't afford to to tell the stories. So, and these drug companies have taken over. The media has just bought in lock, stock, and barrel because it's paying everybody's bills. Yeah, exactly. So, if you, your bills are being paid by these guys, what are you going to do? Bite the hand that feeds you? No. So, right. So now the way you make news is by offering a study. This is, we've talked about this many times. If you have a study, oh, it's a study. I mean, it's a study. It was done by uh, scientists. Science! Science! So the compromised ABC News, I've just explained that connection to you. They come out with a report about vaccinations that if from begin, it's the whole report. You're like, oh, my God, I, I've got to get my kid vaccinated. But at the very end, they tell the truth. And the, it's just a throwaway line, and when, I'll, I'll, I'll not interrupt this two-minute piece for once. And when you hear the end, it's just like, oh, brother, I can't believe that they actually passed this off as news. 
But of course, no one hears anything beyond the headlines. The exciting news on the vaccine front. Researchers say common... I'm sorry. Exciting. I can't help exciting myself. Exciting news. Exciting news. It's, it's exciting. Not, it's not just news. It's exciting, it's exciting news. news. Yeah. Exciting news on the vaccine front. In childhood vaccinations may be reducing your child's risk for more than what they were created for. Five-year-old Jamie is struggling to breathe. He watches his respiratory rate change as his mother watches him. No one likes to see a sick child struggle. Mom made sure Jamie had all his childhood vaccinations. I always felt that if we had the vaccinations that we should use them, um, that the medical um, technology was there and that there was no reason that I felt that it shouldn't be used. But vaccines have long been the topic of controversy. Some parents fearing they can cause autism. Dr. James Orlowski, a vaccine proponent, says a new study published in the journal Pediatrics highlights a new potential good side effect of these shots. It's a very interesting study because what they've done is they've looked at the possibility that vaccines actually might protect children against cancer. The study looked at a large number of kids with cancer at Baylor and the University of Texas and looked at their vaccination status. And what they found was that certain vaccines indeed seem to protect against the development of acute lymphocytic leukemia in children, which is the most... I I can't... I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can't not interrupt this clip. Do you hear what he's doing? It went from, it's going to stop cancer, to it seems, it's interesting, it could be... ...common cancer in children. Also against medulloblastoma, which is the most common brain tumor in children. And then against non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Dr. Orlowski says the study found that children immunized against hepatitis B, polio, DTP, MMR, and HIV had lower odds of developing these cancers. So one of the questions has been, well, do vaccines help or hurt? Do they turn on the immune system, which would be beneficial, or do they turn it off, which might not be beneficial? This study suggests that they do turn on the immune system, and that with the turned-on immune system that you're somewhat protected against the development of cancers. <coughs> While common childhood vaccines wouldn't have prevented Jamie's pneumonia, mom is hopeful the study is right, and the shots he got as a baby and toddler will keep him from landing in the hospital bed again. Now, so there's one, there's a tag here. So now we've, here's what we've, we've, we've seen the sick kid who is unrelated, they even say it. Well, the, the kid has a pneumonia, unrelated to any vaccine or anything, doesn't have cancer. He's just a coughing kid in a hospital bed with worried parents looking around. So that's just the whole window dressing. And then this guy talks about this study that says, well, very interesting. It seems that maybe, you know, somehow it could be related to if I think, you know. So this, is that, this is like that drug commercial where it says it's thought to. Well, listen, listen to the tagline. There's a tag that's coming up right now, and this totally gives it away. Mm, Dr. Orlowski does say a larger study needs to be completed to further prove that theory. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, so this is basically a half-baked theory <laughs> turned into a package, a news package, yeah. and then presented to the public as a promotion vehicle for vi- vaccines and to promote vaccines in general. Yeah. This is the biggest crock of crap imaginable. And, you know, here's a funny thing. I was watching the, uh, and people, uh, I want to alert our uh, movie uh, uh, websites. Uh, Network News was on last night on the Indie Channel Mm -hmm. and HD. And I ended up watching the whole damn movie because it is one 
it is one great film. It's very funny. It's it's not, but but they had this. Uh, most of it was about the ethics of the news, and it was oh, everyone's so ethical. And uh, although there was a, there was some breakdown in here and there, but the fact of the matter is, uh, the the ethics of the news doesn't exist. And I, and people should watch this movie network news so they can just kind of laugh at some of the some of the concepts in there. But the fact of the matter is, this is the kind of crap that we're being fed by these networks. It's it's ridiculous. It, it, this is like might as well just be an advertisement. It, well, it was an advertisement. It was an advertisement. It was an advertisement for flu, uh, for uh, for vaccine shots. And and at the very end, there's a little disclaimer that, you know, it's like, okay, you got to tag it with this, you know. Is it, well, you know, the doctor does say that more study is needed to actually prove this theory. Yeah, because they got nothing. But, the, but essentially, the message is, take your shots, don't get cancer. I mean, th- that's the message. And, and, you know, and people don't listen anymore. And, oh, you're just seeing these horrible images. <coughs> you know, the kid, like, coughing up blood. But it's not related to anything. I love the kid. It's, it's disgusting. So he coughed. A little louder, kid. So California law uh, going to require um, all school children are vaccinated against whooping cough. Otherwise, uh, this is the Redlands, well, the Redlands School District, or you'll not be allowed into school. Well, that's been pretty common, that shot. Yeah, but now it's law. I thought it was always law in California. No, 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 no. They've been sending kids home who don't have it, but now it's actually law AB 354. The Redland School District was up uh, towards uh, Big Bear, that direction. Uh, proposed law would require meningitis vaccine for new mm. college students. This mm. is uh, from the Star-Telegram, which is, uh, where is that? Uh, where is the Star-Telegram? Texas. You know, so, uh, well, I mean, that, so you might as well, they might as well, hey, you know, California's in the whooping yeah. cough. We should bring that one in, too. That would be good. That'd be yeah, good. they might as well. I mean, let's face it. Uh, so, the, the Gates Foundation, uh, Bill and Melinda, investing $10 million in the vaccine developer because it's big business. And Bill knows that. He knows, he knows where the money is. And, of course, uh, the federal government uh, has awarded $215 million uh, to uh, Novavax, Inc. and Vaccinate, Inc. to develop flu vaccines for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You know, that's the woman who uh, can't count. She's the Sibelius. one. Sibelius. Debilitating. Debilius, yeah. So I got a, 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 before the show ends, we're getting near end point. No, we're not. I found that we're there was a long. very distressing thing happening to this private Manning. Well, can I just say, well, okay, I, I, got a, I got a theory on Manning. You go ahead with the distressing thing about Manning. Well, play the clip and then you can give us a theory, but this is kind of weird. Oops, hold on a second. I messed that up. Uh, you want to just exp- doing it? Anyway. Want to explain who Manning is? Uh, but Manning is the guy who supposedly leaked all those documents to WikiLeaks that uh, have all, you know apparently picked him off uh, off of a general computer that's floating around these I guess the uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and the State Department, every place in between. And he saw the database, took it, and sent it to WikiLeaks. And now the guys in jail are going to shoot him if they can. But uh, I don't see that this really caused much of a problem. But everyone, you know, this is a big breach. And so now they're basically torturing the guy. We'll finally hear in a reporter roulette, Chris Lawrence at the Pentagon with some of these new details about that army private accused in the WikiLeaks conspiracy. Uh, and first, Chris, why did the army add to the charges against Private Manning? 
Well, they say, Brooke, that it, it more accurately reflects uh, what he is accused of. The big one that they added was aiding the enemy. Now, the military isn't defining the enemy. Hold on a second. Stop it. Aiding the enemy. Basically, this was done for the American public. So essentially what they've said is they're aiding, the, you know, the enemy is us. That's right. Essentially, <laughs> they've, 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 We're now the enemies. The military said that the, the American public, and by the way, if you look at any, we've talked about this before, the American public has been turned into the enemy. Yeah. Of the of well, I don't know who. I mean, we're the enemy of who? Ourselves? Yes. So we're the wait, enemy wait, wait. and he was aiding I'm, us. I'm, I'm enemizing myself. Yeah, aiding the enema. Now, the military isn't defining the enemy, but if you look at the charges, it's saying he provided intelligence to the enemy by indirect means, which <laughs> could lead one to think, okay, the enemy is the Iraqi or Afghan insurgents. No, you're so right, John. It's us. <laughs> we are, who's the recipient of this information? Uh, I got it. I'm the enemy. I am an enemy of the state. He didn't directly hand the intel to them, but they're accusing him of putting it out there publicly, knowing that the enemy could have access to it. Chris, I read reports today that Manning was stripped naked in his jail cell. His attorney is outraged. True? Yeah, it is. Uh, The military admits uh, that he was stripped down naked. Now, just to be clear... Uh, he's already under this special watch in which he can only sleep in his underwear. So it's not like he's taking off all his clothes. This is a sexy report, John. This is kind of turning me on. When this happened, he was already down to his underwear. But the last couple of nights, they even took that away from him. <laughs> and uh, for a brief time, he had to uh, stand at attention uh, while he was naked. Uh, the military is saying this was not punitive. And a Pentagon official today suggested it may have been done uh, to prevent him from hurting himself, to protect okay. him. Although it does beg the question. If, if, if he's that mentally unstable, perhaps prison is not the right place for him as he awaits trial. All right. Okay. So let me uh, let me just say it's something. Not punitive. Okay. Strip and stand at attention. Slave. Unbelievable. Should I tell you something? Bradley Go Manning does not exist. It's fake. <laughs> the guy does not. No. Listen seriously. I like Where, it. Where's the interviews with Why? his mom and the dad? The crackpot comes out in the show. Where's the interviews with his mom and dad? Where's his lover that he was uh, uh, in the Photoshop pictures of him in the in the gay pride parade? Where is the outrage? Where, there's no one. Not a single person has been interviewed. Where's his mugshot? It's fake. The guy does not exist. He's made He's a very up. Generic um, looking guy. It's exactly say. like Wag the Dog, where they they made up the Woody Harrelson character was a made up guy. They got some kook, some lame guy who unfortunately got killed before they could actually parade him out in front of the public. But they just made it up in the database and gave him a name, Old Shoe. And this is it. Bradley Manning does not exist until you show this guy to me and he says, "I am Private Bradley Manning." I do not believe he exists. It's a fake setup, and they're lying. And the. He was already down to his underwear. What do you know, Jabroni? Just, just reading off press releases from, from, the, the, from the Ministry of Truth. Bradley Manning does not exist. I just don't believe it. I don't well, believe it. Does beg that. I mean, we also have the problem with Obama, who we never heard from his girlfriends in college. But, well, uh, Obama does exist, and there's the two of them. But, he, but we know that he uh, doesn't like women. No, this, you know what? Our media, our mainstream media, goes after everybody and everything. And we got, you know, how about Jared Lee Loeffner? David Lee Roth's brother, David Lee Loeffner. We got all kinds of interviews from his school friends. We had Twitter accounts. Where is that on Bradley Manning? 
Where is the tweets from, uh, you know, he doesn't deserve this, you know? Where is it? It's not because it doesn't exist. Now that I've said it, of course, they're going to start doing that. You know, the techno experts, Hillary Clinton's techno experts, will have to get on that right away. I've tipped my hat to them. But you know what I'm saying, John? Yeah, no, I'm not you mention it. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, I think you're nuts, but I think uh, I'd like to see some evidence, too. I mean, we're getting, I'm looking at the wiki page. Manning and his older sister, there's Crescent, Oklahoma, so there's got a sister and his Bradley Manning, his wife, Brian Manning is his dad. His wife is Susan Fox, who was born in 1953 in Haverford, West Wales. Father been in the United States Navy for five years. His parents met when his father was stationed in Wales at Cador Barracks. How come, how come those people aren't on television? Is there some kind of, here, the chat room sending me a link here. Military harassing David House, Jane Hampshire for visiting Bradley Manning. It's all tweets. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, All anybody tweets. who tries to visit Bradley Manning is harassed. No one gets to visit him except a lawyer, and he doesn't get to visit him that much. And uh, so there's something screwy going. Yeah, well, you know, it's definitely not. Uh, definitely not what? We don't see any. You're right. We, why isn't this guy, why isn't extra, extra in Access Hollywood got interviews with the Manning family? And wh- as a bi-curious male, once again, I am outraged that my gay and lesbian brothers and sisters are not out demonstrating about this atrocity being, uh, you, know, you can't take a gay man and strip him of his clothes and put him in his underwear. It's sexual harassment. And make him stand in attention. It's crazy. It it's crazy. Well, there's a Bradley Manning support network formed by Mike Gogulski, a U.S. citizen living in Slovakia, to raise money for Manning's how, how defense. Con- how convenient. Manning's- yeah, well, there's some guy in Slovakia. We'll set up, yeah. we'll set it up <laughs> over there. <laughs> They'll never know. I'm telling you, until you prove to me otherwise, does anyone have, like, a birthday video or... You know, it, does he have a Facebook page that's really apparent that he has friends? No. Just saying. Okay. Let's do a couple of magic numbers here, John, before uh, we get out of here. So I already told you about uh, Twitter's magic version that they just released with the dick bar. Version 3.3. And you know what that means. We're tracking you now. Uh, Chinese now pay 33% more for gasoline. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot of good business news. Here's one of my favorites. GM expects sales to jump 33% despite new automobile tax. A reminder that we're seeing this number 33 as some kind of code. Yeah, yeah, we're all going out and buying those great American cars. Yeah, they rock. Um, and my favorite, uh, U.S. jobless claims fall to 33-month low. <laughs> Please. Who are you trying to kid? Not 32 months no, or 34 no. months? No, 33. It's amazing how that happens. Huh. A couple of out there news stories. There's all stuff I'm tracking and working on. So, of course, we had, last month it must have been 32 months lower. Or something. That know, was not on. reportable. That's not important. So, uh, two failed NASA satellite mishaps. With their, yeah, right down from Vandenberg. Yeah, they, well, and they do it now at like 2 a.m., which is just the wrong time for me to get up and watch it. Yeah, uh, but you know it fell Point. into the ocean. They can't. They can't seem to get the climate change satellites uh, up there. 
Yeah, don't you think that's an interesting coincidence? Yeah, I think that not. of all the satellites that have blown up, well, haven't really been able to I work, is the that. ones that were going to quote unquote prove that climate change was yeah. man made. That was the reason for this satellite. Yeah, they don't want to launch it because it won't prove anything. <laughs> that's right. So it's like yeah, we tried. The second tried. one, I think that yes, yeah, the second blew one. Up. And we tried. You what know, a coincidence. Yeah. Coincidence. Yeah, I just, well, I'll do it again for Coincidence? You, I think not. No, it's like, you know, we, we really want to prove this to you guys. You know, geez, you know, we got to prove this, but you know, NASA failed us. You know, they failed us. Oh, well, it'll take another couple of years to build one and get it all ready and up and going. So until then, just believe us, please. That's actually, uh, I did have some, uh, I did have a little bit of. I'd had a little, I, yeah. I was going to say, I think that satellite story is the funniest story of the week because it was just like an eye roller. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, study shows sixth mass extinction may have already started. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a mass extinction? Yeah. Well, this like co- everything on Earth. Yeah. Well, this has com- an asteroid hit someplace. I mean, what's what's happened? Is there a volcano? The greatest vol? Is Yellowstone blown? What, well, what happened? well, let me tell you, a new study. Ah, remember, that's how you get news. Published in the most recent issue of the journal Nature, these are the guys who keep publishing all this stuff, uh, states that uh, the mass extinction has already started, and, John, and, 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 it's man-made. The theory comes from research done on the state of mammal species today. When man's exponential expansion began 500 years ago, mammal extinctions were rare. In the past five centuries, at least 80 of 5,570 mammal species have gone extinct. You know, this is subtle. This is very subtle. They do this a lot, but they'll slip it. Oh, there's no more tigers. Oh, the wolf is gone. Oh, this is, you know, it's very, very subtle. They slip this in and you barely hear it. But if you really start paying attention, then it's like they keep talking. Oh well, oh there's another, another species, another species. Oh well, well that's going. Uh, just want to give you some more of this amazing stuff. Uh, the same people who told you that children would never see snow ever again, ever, 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 they would only see snow on the internet. This is what they wrote in 2000. Climate change will wreak havoc on Britain's coastline by 2050. And millions living near the coast are likely to be hit by rising sea levels. Erosion and storm surges warns a new study by the Joseph Roundtree Foundation. John, you know, we're idiots. We got to start us some studies, man. Oh, we can do that. Yeah, but we always say we can, but we don't. I know. We're big talkers. No action. Yeah, because you know, if we had the you know, study show, we might actually get some press. We might actually get some ink. What are you, are you Googling a study? Joseph Roundtree. And uh, just when you thought it was only happening in Gitmo Nation, Great White North, of course, I'm talking about the uh, water meters, the uh, the wireless water meters that are being installed up there. Something coming to your neck of the woods, Johnny boy. I already have you heard the news? We're launching an exciting new program to replace all existing water meters with new automated ones. Why? Automated meters use the best available technology, Technology. which means you will no longer have to come out to read your meter. You'll get better customer service and more detailed information about your daily water use, including... That's exciting! John, are you excited? Are you pumped up? I'm just all worked up. So this is from the VSI Meter Services Company. Whoa! Look into these guys. Oh my goodness. Uh, Links in the show notes at noagendashow.com. 
uh, VSI meter services, they do all the, they do the smart grids, they do everything. And th- th- what I love so much is it's a full service company and they're working for SF, uh, SFPUC. That's who delivers your power area, water utilities, right? Hello? We have uh, Ebmud. Oh, so maybe it's not you yet. So VSI, so listen from their website. VSI has managed all facets of credit and collections work from the entire notification process through termination and restoration. So these guys, so what the, the, what's happened now is they've outsourced this to these goons, techno experts, and they will be collecting, they'll be showing up at your door if you don't pay, and, 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 if, you're, and if you are a bad slave, they just hit a button and click, your water turns off. Don't even have to send someone out to the house to turn it off. They just flip a switch. And they're doing the same for smart grid technology, for um, uh, for electricity. This is it. This is the final clampdown, the final lock. They've got you now. What is now? I do think what's very cool is we have a lot of sysadmins, and when you get one of these installed, hack that that hack that hack that puppy. Let's, I mean, they, it's surely they're, they're not thinking that uh, the slaves are smart enough to hack into these boxes. Uh, you know, it's wireless, so they're just you know we can jam the frequencies. There's all kinds of stuff we can do, and we need to do it. We need to do it. This is and it's mandatory. You can't get around it. You can't get around it. <laughs> it's dreadful. I'm looking at the Joseph Roundtree Foundation. By the way, they have this little catchphrase, which I think is odd. <laughs> what's, what's the catchphrase? I can't wait. For Search. This. Demonstrate influence. Wow. So this is their PR company. Well, it's hard to say what they are, but they have a lot of studies. Wow. And they're all about global governance and global warming. Seems to be the main thing. Wow. Impacts of climate change on disadvantaged UK coastal The impact of global economic downturn on poverty. Globalization, UK poverty and communities. Global influences on the cost of minimum standard. Unintended consequences, blah, 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 blah. blah. And and who funds them? Who pays for them? I haven't figured that out yet. Who pays for them? Probably the Gates Foundation. Who knows? So I got got one one more really funny one. So GE and Intel, uh, two of our favorite companies, have uh, teamed up uh, to create something known as GE Quiet Care. John, now this is more for you. Uh, because this a GE Quiet Care is going to improve caregiver attentiveness and resident independence. So when you're in an old folks home, <laughs> you gotta see you gotta see careinnovations.com. You gotta see this poor sweet grandmother on the home page. <laughs> She's smiling like GE Quiet Care is going to take care of me. So you know, of course, we've had this big debate recently, and uh, I think, uh, who was it? Uh, was it uh, Rooney? Mickey Rooney, who was, like, pissed off. In, oh, in, yeah, Mickey Rooney supposedly is being battered by some... Yeah, b- because, you know, the old people get bossed around and beat up by these, you know, the, the, the criminals. Criminals beating up our, our old people. In old, you know, we're the only society that doesn't respect old people. And uh, so <laughs> they've got this system that... Uh, you could be assured because, you know, Vivek Kundra is on, on the case. He's got this skip logic and it's all programmed with COBOL. Listen to how we're going to take care of you when you're old and in the old folks' home. This is great. Hello? Why is it not playing? Well, there you go. Oh, this is weird. Oh, here it is. Motion sensors throughout the residence monitor resident activity. 
Data on resident activity is sent to the QuietCare server for software analysis to spot significant changes and behavioral trends. <laughs> right. Alerts for potential emergencies are sent to the staff so they can respond promptly. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, Grandma, I don't like your behavioral trend. Get back into bed. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Senior Communities. GE Quiet Care introduces a new dimension of proactive care to the elderly, to the elder care community. Proactive care is an increasingly valuable method of senior monitoring that empowers caregivers to allow seniors to maintain their privacy <laughs> and independence while helping senior communities enhance their success. By helping caregivers to be informed about resident behavior. Hey, stop screwing each other, you old people. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm telling you. They can intervene faster. It's, this, is, this is like so bad. GE and Intel. I'm giving up on Intel chips. Oh, shoot. There goes my Mac. It's just unbelievable. It really is. I, I, I'm blown away by this kind of stuff. <laughs> Aren't you? It's pretty funny. It's disgusting. Of course, these things are all bogus because they're, they're you know they end up they cost too much. And no one's going to use them, and they won't work right, and you end up with just same. It's old. a start. It's a start. It's the first step. And it's the first step in nothing. And Intel is doing some other nasty crap. What is this uh, IPT? Have you heard about this identity protection technology that's going to be built into all their chips? Uh, that's that fun. That's interesting because that goes back a ways uh, into. Uh, there was what was I can't remember the name. It was called. It wasn't secure computing, but there was some catchphrase for some sort of you know new kind of computing that would be protected from air, viruses and every, all these other it's things. One-time password. A one-time password is not a new idea either. That's first showed up in the late nineties, right. and well, uh, that's probably got something to do with the reason they bought McAfee. I, I'm baffled by what Intel's up to because they bought McAfee. It doesn't make any sense to me, and you know. I think they've lost their, uh, I mean, they make these great chips. I don't know why they just don't concentrate on that. Well, they got to have the Gitmo thing going on. I guess. Somebody must be making them do it. So I have one last clip. Oh, no goody. I think we can put it off if you want. No, we'll do it. We'll do it. Is it Jeb Bush? I just want to, just the post office. I've been, well, I was listening to C-SPAN. I also listened to the post office hearings. And apparently the post office is being, there's a, there's a group of people Called the it, it, like the apparently the government has an HR division that 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 scams all the other agencies. Well, hold on, the the government is one big human resource program controlling all the human resources. Yeah, but there's this one group called the Office of Personnel Ooh. Management, Ooh. and they do everything. And apparently, what they've been doing is, for example, with the post office. They've been trying. They've been stealing postage money to make the post office take a beating, so they'd have to get more money. <laughs> yeah, and they, they made the post office. They made the post office pay in advance. By the way, the, the post office is actually making billions of dollars, but the government the government has decided to make them pay uh, their uh, uh, retirement benefits for the next seventy five years in advance <laughs> over the next ten years. And now they're broke. So they're spending. So every year they're they're doing seven and a half years of retirement benefits, and they can't make any money. And then the money's being stolen from them left and right. And so the whole post office thing is this big scam. Yeah, there you go. And so play the history of post office ripoffs, which has more information. And I just think people should be aware of this. The States today. Uh, 
I would also like to point out, with respect to the suggestion that uh, that OPM is correct, that's that stands for other people's money, and their their assertion that the the overpayment does not exist. I, I just want to, for the benefit of the new members especially, I just want to sort of lay out the history here of OPM denying obligations and uh, and what the results have been. Going back to 2002, the Postal Service Pension Fund was found to be overfunded by OPM by $78 billion, and we in Congress had to go back in 2003 and tell OPM, you've got to straighten this out. So there was an overpayment there of $78 billion. Then in 2003, OPM attempted to make the Postal Service pick up the responsibilities for, uh, for military service pensions, uh, obligations for Postal Service employees. So if they're in the service, they wanted the Post Office to pick up their pension credits that were due because of their military service. And we said that that would not be, be right. Uh, so Congress rejected that attempt. Uh, in 2009, we, we found that OPM used an exaggerated 7% health care appreciation uh, in inflation forecast instead of the 5% that is the industry standard. And that resulted in an overpayment of $13.2 billion uh, by 2016. So we had to go back and we audited OPM cut that out, you know, use this industry standard, and so OPM then went back and changed it. And now the Postal Service has been overcharged by $75 billion for its share of CSRS pensions for folks, for, for their pension credits before they came, before they became USPS employees. Uh. People have to understand that. These are pension credits for folks before they went to work for the post office, So, but they they've been overcharged and the post office is picking up the inflation for those costs so there's a whole history here of the OPM and and look anybody can make a mistake but in in every single case OPM overcharged the post office by tens of billions of dollars so that's the record we have here Th those are the facts and uh, y you know there there does seem to be a uh, oh and by the way uh, the OPM uh, wrote a rather gratuitous letter that they, they thought, by God, the post office should have to pre-fund their, their, uh, uh, their health care obligations 100%, pre-funded by 100%. But if you look at what OPM is doing, they pre-fund their obligations at 40%. So you would think what's good for the goose is good for the gander, but that's not the case. So I just wanted to make those clarifications just for some of the, the newer members that are on board here. Uh, Mr. Orlando, in my rela remaining time before so, I run up to uh, help. So this opium business is uh, pretty big in the postal, uh, postal system. All kinds of opium. <laughs> OPM. They're sending opium around. So, so, uh, so anyway, so the point is, is that we're probably paying too much for postage. Duh. By a lot. Not winning. Not winning, duh. <laughs> hey, if you find this type of analysis and actual news that we bring you, because what we do is we sit down and we we are we are on the brink of death of through boredom by watching this crap, <laughs> and, you know. So you don't have to, and we break it down for you, and it's uh, and we do do a total of four to five hours a week of real analysis, real news. We can't cover everything, and sometimes even we get duped. Stick oh, yeah. this in your ear. Dvorak.org slash N-A Because uh, we need your support. Uh, the more you fund, the more we can do, the less other work we have to do. Now, I haven't been able to do a daily source code for weeks because I've had to pick up the slack on the donations with uh, corporate work. Sucks. Not, not only do I hate 
given up time because I'm also working at, on the noagendanewsnetwork.com. Yeah, it's like into the middle of the night on that stuff. But it's also, it's annoying. <laughs> Corporate work <laughs> That's is the annoying. worst part. It's not just that it's taken away time from doing the show. It's annoying. And I and you know I disagree with your assertion that if we did a, um, a Tuesday show that Thursday would suck if we had enough time because there's certainly I mean I have 10 15 more stories that we can do that we'll never get to I mean the DC hookers I mean there's a whole bunch of stuff I didn't Oh save I, that one for the next show I didn't even get to the DC hookers The DC hookers has got to be in the next show Okay well if I remember I'll remind you. Okay. Hey, remember, we've got the Techno Expert song coming up right after the show. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for your giving levels. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. I'm the anarchist known as Adam Curry. And I'm White Dog <laughs> from Northern Silicon Valley, John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A I have this group of young, you know, techno experts